Welcome to episode 502 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast, featuring me, Gemma. And me, Michael. Today we're talking about episodes of Coronation Street that are broadcast between the 20th and the 22nd of December 2021. That's episode 10,512, 10,515. Yes, we're coming to you early this week because it's Christmas week, everything's gone all crazy, the scheduling's all... It's a Christmas bonus! It's what is. The fact that we're not doing a bonus podcast this week. We did a Patreon episode that just came out yesterday. So if you're a Patreon member, you'll get an extra one. Yeah, we we said last week we haven't the the schedule always goes a bit funny around Christmas. Maybe next this time next week we'll do the Conversation Street Awards. Maybe it'll be in two weeks' time. I haven't decided yet, but thank you very much to everyone who has voted in the Conversation Street Awards because this is like this is our most voted on one ever, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. We, uh, before this yeah. time, yeah, I know, exactly, exactly. That's what I said. Before this year, 2017, got our most votes, and we think that maybe there were just an awful lot of Karna fans well, we know that were trying happened. to uh, <laughs> tip the scales in favour of their favourite couple. But um, I don't know, I don't know what's happened this year, but we, this year we've got even more votes than then, so thank you very much, everybody who's voted and spread the word about voting. We still haven't looked at what the results are yet. I'm very, very interested indeed to see what some of the categories have... Uh, uh, have, have, have gonna spew out as winners, but I guess we will find out at some point in the next couple of weeks. But yes, we're coming at you early this week. It is Wednesday night as we're recording this. We've had two double episodes to talk about this week because we can't really do it on Friday for it is Christmas Eve, and we will be up at my dad's house, won't we? And I don't think we can really record then. Do you want to do a quiz? Yes. Well, I, you, I don't know what this introduction is about. I just, just we're just explaining chatting. in two minutes that we're early, which they probably know from looking at the date. <laughs> the fact that it's not Christmas yet. If we weren't early, this episode would be coming out on Christmas Day. And, um, well, we, you know you haven't got us a present, weird. so we didn't want to get one for you. Well, yeah, you buy us a present first. <laughs> well, I know something we can talk about that's happened this week. We're boosted. I hate that. <laughs> you did that on purpose. I did do that on purpose because you said you didn't like people describing themselves as being boosted. But we are. I got I got my jab done on Sunday. Gemma got hers done today. Still got a bit of a sore arm, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I I just so. think I just uh, I just object to the hijacking of the phrase "boosted" when really it's either it's describing your Wi-Fi status, and I don't think anybody. I thought we were supposed to be trying to not let all the the people that weren't in on the secret that it's to do with five G. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, that was part don't of the deal. That. I don't mind the phrase. Oh, uh, can I also say as well? Um, we you. need to say a, a congratulations to Sally Ann Matthews who did some volunteering at some at some um, inoculation hub place the other day, didn't I she? I know. Do you know she what? Some good old charity work. I would have liked well done, it Sal. if Sal had been there when I got my vaccination today. Yeah, that would have been good. Instead of the guy that was behind me who kept going, we're all guinea pigs. <laughs> I don't believe in it myself. I don't like, know what, what she was doing. doing? I, I don't. I don't think she was like doing the jabbing. I don't think you're allowed to just stab people with needles. <laughs> Not even if you're a famous actor off the Excuse telly. Excuse me, I, I know I don't play a nurse on Coronation Street, but <laughs> I could do. Okay, anyway. Just Would you like to... me to do the quiz? Yes, I suppose. Best of greetings, everyone. Now that's over, let's do the quiz. <laughs> 20th to the 24th of December, years ending in a 106. I got this from... Carpedia. Coronation Street.fandom.com. 
20th of December 1971. Alan walks out on Elsie after they argue about which relative staying for Christmas. Uh, mm. Ooh, this uh, this is Alan's um, son, isn't it? Mm. Uh, was he called Mark? He was. Yes. Now, if you hadn't got that, you'd have said that was too hard, and I was a stupid idiot for even no, I, I, writing I it as a question. Okay, do you remember last week? Yes. Good. A what? 20th of December, 1976. Oh, to try no. to claw back the money from his disastrous betting, what does Eddie tell everyone? He's only paying... Why does Eddie tell everyone? He's only paying back half odds. I don't remember at all what that was even about. He you said that a... I remember last week. I didn't know if you meant... Or do I remember the quiz from last week? He definitely no to that. organised a betting at the Rovers for... Annie to see if she would pass her test. Oh, a driving test. And she yeah. did, and so he had to pay out a load of money. But okay. he's decided now he's not going to pay it all out. Right. What was his reasoning? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I've got no idea. Don't yeah. tell me. It's because it's illegal to bet on a licensed premises. Ah. Uh, okay. uh, you should know that. <laughs> um, he also arranges for his friend Lanky Potts to sell Lanky Annie. Potts. What? Some, is... some lanky pots to sell her um, a car no what kind the of rover car? is this where she gets her rover from a rover 2000 yeah yeah I get a mark for that I look this car up and you can still buy them oh. they cost between 10 and 15 thousand pounds okay won't we get one of them no 21st of December 1966 what does Ina discover about her daughter Vera Lomax ooh she's dying of a brain tumour thing she's got a brain tumour 22nd of December 2006, where do Ashley, Claire and Bev scatter Fred's ashes? Oh, good question. Where do Fred's ashes get scattered? Oh, finally I managed to come up with a good question. I don't know. After all these years. Where would he want his ashes scattered? At the abattoir. I thought you were going to say that. (laughs) Where was it then? The River Tame, I assume is how you say it. Okay. If it's not, don't bother telling me. Makes sense, 23rd of December, 1996. What does Don Brennan attempt to do in Martin Platt's car? Gas himself to death. I'd have also accepted eat all the mint imperials. <laughs> in the gloves compartment. 23rd of December, 2011. You're going to get mad about this, but I don't care. <sighs> it's the Nativity Play at the Weatherfield Community Hall. Simon, Asher, Ardy, Faye, Max and Amy are all involved. Playing the narrator, a shepherd, Mary, Joseph, the angel Gabriel, and the innkeeper. But who plays what? Can I? Can you show me the names of the? Why don't you tell me who you remember? I don't remember anything. I'd have to make. I literally, literally just told you the answer, and you're complaining that you don't know. Asher was one of them. Was she an angel? Angel Gabriel. Yeah. I'll write down your answers. Who else did you say? Really, almost all of them are still in the show. Uh, No, can you tell me again? No, why weren't you listening? Uh, um, I I didn't know. I thought that was just a bit of preamble to the question. Like, and who gets drunk at the nativity? It's Peter. And who throws up everywhere? (laughs) Go on, tell me again. No, why don't you guess? If Ash is in it, children. Who are the? Which other children who are still in it now could possibly have been in the nativity play? There's not that many children. Ardy. Ardy's in it. I think he might have been the innkeeper. Innkeeper, I'll write that yeah. down. Um, Amy. Amy, who was Amy? Mary. Yeah, great. Um, Chesney. 
No, yeah, no, Yeah, Ch- no. right, Chesney. No, he wasn't one of them. Um, I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> it's really bad, though. I don't know. I literally told I, you all the answers. I know I wasn't really listening. Tell me. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Six people, you've got three. Okay, tell me more. No, you you tell me. I don't remember. I can't, I literally, I can't remember who else. Simon. Joseph. Was, right, I wrote that down. Um... You can't even remember the roles. No, I don't remember the roles. Go on. Yeah, you, you, to be misery. fair, you've got the main four here. You've got the angel, the innkeeper, Mary and Joseph. Yeah. Who else do you need? Well, you need somebody to tell you what's going on. Narrator. Who's that then? I don't know. I just don't know. You also need someone to go, Cor blimey, look at that. What's that? That's a shepherd. Pass by. <laughs> Right, you're you're absolutely, honestly, you're awful. Okay. So you've missed out Max. Yeah. Literally just, you just watched him. Okay. And you missed out Katie. Katie, oh, Katie was Mary, wasn't she? She had a real life. She had a real life. She she gave birth to baby Joseph. Excuse me. We haven't got that far. Okay. So who do you think Max was? He was the innkeeper. He was the innkeeper, so you changed your mind now. Yeah. So what was Ardy? I remember that Max and Ardy both had tea towels on their heads. So what was Ardy then? <laughs> I don't know. Narrator. I don't... So they were both narrators. I don't know. Just tell us the bloody answer. <sighs> don't be so cruel. <laughs> okay, so you said Max or Ardy was the innkeeper. It was actually Simon. <laughs> you said the angel Gabriel was Asher. You got that correct. Yeah. You said uh, Joseph was Ardy. What? Hang on. <laughs> Joseph, Joseph. You said Simon was Joseph, but actually, Ardy was Joseph. Yeah. Mary was Katie. You said it was I said, Amy. I said Mary no. was Katie eventually. Sorry, no. Um, the narrator was Amy. Um, and Max was a shepherd. Okay, fine. So I think you got one right. Thank you. What happens to bring the play to a halt? Mary gives birth to a baby Jesus called Joseph. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I tried to make life more interesting. No, that was and an interesting question. you just crapped all over no, me. I was very and you were cruel question, and mean to me. And I'm not doing any more questions. Oh, is that it for this week? No, I've got two more questions, but I'm going to do it. No, please. Ask me more questions. And if you get them right. Okay, I'll promise I'll get them right. 24th of December, 2006. Les and Yana sit in a bath of what? Beans. Outside the medical centre to raise money for Silla's Dolphin Fund. Beans. Incorrect. Peas. It was actually Mushy Peas. Mushy Peas. I knew it was Peas. <laughs> As somebody who doesn't eat either, you're not qualified no. to tell me that they're the same. Twenty fourth of December two thousand and six. What does David discover in Granny Ivy's diary? The guy wanted to abort him. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to even mark you because you're. I didn't do so well this. So yeah. Okay. Right. Christmassy birthdays. I Gemma. think I'm going to start docking you every time you complain about a question. I'm going to dock you a point. Yeah, but you told me that I'm going to say it's a stupid question. So what? They're just baiting me to lose points. Go on, who's All got right, a birthday coming up this week? What do you want me to do week? then? Just not do the quiz anymore? No, 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 it's a great quiz. Because I really, I could be, I could be not bothered to do this. No, it's if a good. You, if you're going to no, complain, it's, it's lovely. Literally every week, unless you get good <laughs> points. I just, I just don't want to show myself up in front of the listeners. Who's got a birthday coming up this I week? I feel so under so much pressure to come up with a quiz that you're going to know the answers to. That's going to be <laughs> difficult enough to be impressive. Like how I'm trying to make you look good every week out here, and all I get from you is crap. I think it was a really great quiz, Gemma. No, I'm not doing them anymore. Who's got a birthday? 
Birthdays. 28th of December, Bernard Ewins, who played Stan Ogden. Oh, love him. 29th of December, Kate Ford, who's Tracy Barlow awesome. the fourth. Ian DeKaystecker, who is Adam Barlow the first. Um, first. Oh, no, he's quite cute. 30th of December, David Jones, who was Colin Lomax in 1961. He's in the monkeys, not he? No, what? maybe. Yes. 31st of December, Johnny Lees, who played Harry Clayton, and that takes us all the way up to December the 31st, which Ooh. means that when we come back, we will do the birthdays for January. You've had a fantastic... But we should do no more quizzes. No, I, mean, I don't know when the next podcast is even going to be, to be honest. I Usually when I get to this time of the year, I've come up with some kind of... Um, complicated recording schedule about when we can fit it I in know, and when it works. And about I, it literally, I've got I've got no idea when we can record things. I'm not I'm not at all prepared for this week. Oh, this As, coffee's horrible. Have I made you out of a coffee? Yeah. What's wrong with it? It's not got any sugar in it. Oh, I thought I did. Sorry. No, you're right. I didn't. Well, mate, why don't we just do a little pause for the moment? We'll go on to street talk, and by the time I get back from ready for street talk, you'll have some sugar in your tea. Brilliant. Let's go. <laughs> Street talk time. What happened in Coronation Street this week? There was a wedding and everything. Well, almost a wedding. I th- I've got a feeling that there might be another little mini wedding coming up soon for Emma and Curtis. But we'll see. Maybe we'll do a bit of Christmas predictions later on. But yeah, we saw a wedding. Gemma, you said you wanted to know what Emma and Curtis's outfits were going to be like for the wedding. What did you think? Ooh, fashion. It was nice and pink, wasn't it? It was very Emma, I have to say. Um, I thought the set designers did a fantastic job of making that look really beautiful. I loved all the floral arrangements. I thought the little thrones were so cute. <laughs> I loved her dress. I mean, none, none of it was to my taste, just, <laughs> yeah. just to say. But just in case there's any listeners out there that are thinking of stealing a Gemma away from me and or taking like her up sending the aisle me themselves. A, a pink gown or something. Um, I loved... I loved everything about it. I thought it was very, very Emma. Um, it was a bit, it was kind of funny in a way. I mean, I know they did it because it was visually quite hilarious, but it's kind of weird that Curtis is so insistent on stuff and didn't want to get married, but he just let her go, yeah, everything's pink. And he didn't seem to have any input. I, in I, he did look a bit like a ventriloquist's dummy. <laughs> I yeah, with his uh, velour pink suit as well, didn't he have on? And uh, yeah, it it was odd. It was, it felt to me a little bit like it was designed by a Coronation Street set designer than Emma or the person that would have been designing it. It for was her. definitely it was, much more polished than was, I I think that they could have achieved. It was a done for yeah, it was and, it was a done for TV set. Also, they probably would have well, I'll tell you what, they could have saved some money by not having quite so many chairs there because there were, what, like 30, 40 chairs there and how many guests yeah. turned up? Five, six? I thought that was very odd. I, I enjoyed the spectacle of it, but it was a real kind of we're in COVID kind of wedding, wasn't it? Everyone was very distant from each other and there was hardly anybody there. Can you it's imagine if sad. you could only invite like five people to your wedding and one of them was Audrey? <laughs> Lots of people were wondering why Audrey was even there. We saw a few comments online, didn't we? Um, well, yeah, Emma, Emma used, to, used to work for her. Yes. And that's it. Yeah. Although it was uh, it was understandable that she was there, I thought. But um, no, Morgan. And I think as Bronte pointed that out on our Facebook group as well, Emma's brother, who is living around the area, isn't he? Because he was about for a couple of episodes a couple of years ago. Nowhere to be seen. Maybe he hates pink. Maybe. No Fiona, of course, but she is over in in, in Australia at the moment. She scoped but in. It, it felt very strangely empty Sorry, to I mean me. Zoomed. <laughs> and there was, um, yeah, all, all that spectacle for hardly anybody. A little bit odd, but 
Oh, well. Oh, oh well, well maybe more people will come to so the we real will, one. We will talk about that case of the Munchies story first, and then we'll talk about everything that was to do with... Um, with kind of Kelly and Nina and Asher and all that. I've, I've, I've not even tried to do the storyline titles this week. That's still the trouble-free one in, in my notes here. And then we have got the um, endeavours of Sarah Louise and Adam to try and bring the Barlow and Platt clan together at Christmas. Have some kind of Christmas truce. Um, so I call this story Trucy Barlow. Like that. Yeah, like funny. that one. I don't think that was. I thought that was a bit rubbish, but I'll I'll, I'll take your compliments there. Gemma, Has there been a greater reunification of two warring sides since? The football match during well, World War One. Yeah, that was another Christmas truce, wasn't it? It yeah. was. Well, I mean, are the Platts and the Barlows are they have they really they've not fallen out before? If it was the if it was the Baldwins and the Barlows, that's it's more like matter. a it's more like a rivalry, like a meta rivalry of like who's the best, who's the main family of the street. Yeah, <laughs> that's true actually because yeah. it was always like is it are the Platts the main family, are the Barlows the main family, or Kate Ertz came into the show and she's made the Barlows the main family, but now it's the Platts again. Yes, and now they're all joined together. Um, in perfect harmony. It for is Christmas kind Day. of quite funny that you could probably do this with almost every family on the street now. The way they've been shagging around all over the place. I know, I know. Um, but Very I did. I never really thought about it. Street. But it is quite funny that you know Sarah and Adam are uniting these two big name mm. families. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know how often that really happens. No, I wonder. I, I want to know what Imran and Toy would have thought about them uniting on their special shagging desk this evening. Well. I don't know that it's reserved. <laughs> Do you think there's like, I don't know, is, are they supposed to have a little sign on it? Yeah, it like says, like in a restaurant. Is it always got like a rotor next to it that when when who's using it? At when what you point? come in, there's supposed to be a lady that sits at the desk who everyone thinks is the receptionist, but is actually just checking you in, going, "Have you got it's a reservation?" The madam of the brothel. <laughs> yeah, if you if you haven't if you haven't got your name down on the schedule, I'm afraid you can't. You well, you guess you can go in the kitchen. <laughs> Oh, if you go into that office, there's probably like little scrape marks on the floor next to the legs where it's just been going back and forth. It's disgusting. It's abominable. Don't do that sort of thing at work. And so unprofessional. Work is for cheese and wine, not shagging about. Yeah, imagine how much of an uproar there would have been. <laughs> if Boris Johnson <laughs> and, his, and his crew were it like, was a work meeting it was a work orgy we were blown off steam okay alright Gemma I'm going to pass over to you <laughs> how um, political of you Michael I know I know I've been seeing what's in the news this yeah. week and everything okay what, t- tell us what's been going on with Emma this week please the other thing we didn't mention is mm. that Gemma is also done up in a oh, pink yeah. outfit and uh, hats off to Dolly Rose Campbell for allowing the um, wardrobe department to dress her in in, a, in an outfit one size too small. Well, that's been her thing for years, hasn't it? Um, yes, she's always worn ill-fitting clothing. Um, her pins in those lovely backless, fluffy pink mules that she was wearing. She's got a good pair of legs, <laughs> hasn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Takes a lot of. I don't know, I wouldn't say, I don't know if it's confidence or just the inability to say no <laughs> when they tell you what to wear, but good on her because she's got actually a really nice figure and they make her look um, as they as they want to, which is porky. somebody who can't dress very well. No, don't say porky. <laughs> somebody who's not very good at dressing herself, yeah. which is supposed to be the joke. Yeah. Um, so Gemma's getting the room ready at Chariot Square, so we're to believe that she's responsible for these beautiful arrangements. Apparently so, yeah. Um, and uh, Emma's worried that she's not doing the right thing, but Gemma's like, all you need is love, which is, I don't remember that being a 
Oasis quote. So she's gone to the the Liverpool with for the the Beatles, which mm. I think might be a, a terrible crime. I, it's interesting. This week both Manchester started... versus Liverpool. Yeah. I don't know. Is there, a... is there a thing? No, I don't know. I don't know. This is another Love Actually reference, maybe for the week. They have all you need is love and love actually, don't they? And then in today's episode, they had um, Curtis with his board. Carry yes. on. Meanwhile, Curtis is calling the airport with his passport out because right. we last left him um, in the in Steve's house about to transfer money. I thought he was in the flat about to transfer money last week. We last left him transferring money from Steve's account, £100,000 to dot, dot, dot. Mm. And... No, go on. Silence. What are you going to say? Okay, what I was going to say is last week on the podcast, we were like saying, right, is he going to steal this money or is he going to actually transfer it to charity? Because it certainly makes the way he's looking at it with his evil looks, it looks like he's going to be nicking that money for himself. And then I said on the podcast, I don't think so. I think they're just making us think that, but he's actually going to be a goodie and he's transferring it over to charity. And my biggest problem with Corey this week, or particularly Monday's episode, and yes, I'm going to be a bit of a Scroogey Grinch about it this week, it wasn't that great, is that... Monday's episode was so bloody predictable. The minute they had Curtis there with his passport, it's like, right, just pause it for a second. Let me write the whole of the episode. Oh, it's identical to what happens. Because as soon as we saw Curtis with his passport, I knew he's like, well, he's booking a surprise honeymoon, isn't he? Because we've seen it time and time again. Every single beat of this story, pretty much, I could see in advance. It was a shame. Um, How much do you think there's room to write a story in which two characters are going to get married, but there's a misunderstanding and they don't get married (laughs) in an interesting and unique way when this show has been going for 61 years and there's actually how many weddings have already happened, you know? Quite a few, quite a few, it's true. Maybe a hundred? Maybe around that, maybe, I I don't know. I just just thought it was, as I was watching it on Monday, I was like going, yeah, 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 whatever, And, and... and it's also a bit annoying to me because I do find Curtis utterly dull and bland. And the, the way it's going is, well, there's a reunion for him and Emma on the on the cards, isn't there? I'm fairly convinced at this point that he's going to be back in and then they're going to have a lovely reunion on Christmas Day, maybe get Billy to marry them or something. And I don't know what's going to happen. I've literally not looked at any spoilers, so don't worry if, if people think I am. I've got no idea, but I think that that is quite likely to happen I'm saying at the moment and I don't want them to get married I think that it's a really bad idea Emma has literally only known him for five minutes he is a massive liar although I don't particularly I I did roll my eyes at the end of Monday's episode when Steve didn't tell Emma about the fact that the money had actually been transferred over I'm kind of on his side for uh, sort of giving, saying, well, you need to be careful about this bloke because he has been lying to you for all this time. And I'm glad that Tracy backed him up on it as well. Yeah. What do you want me to say? Yes, Michael, I completely you're agree completely with you. Right. Oh, no, you're wrong. Love is all you need. I mean, all you need is There's love. only so much you can really do <laughs> with anyway, this story. Anyway, that's just my little rant. There's probably going to be more to come later. Gemma, back to you. Curtis is with his passport. Amy is, Tracy's prepared the flowers and they look a bit like the sort of ones you put on a coffin. Oh yeah, it was their names in pink flowers, wasn't it? And, and Did Tracy's a bit. like, look, that's what she wants. <laughs> and Amy makes a crack about, I can't remember. I think Tracy makes a crack about, um, is that going to end, you know, maybe it's just a shortcut or whatever. And I think that's how. Oh yeah. He's no. dying, isn't he? 
Amy doesn't say anything. Then Steve is trying to write his best man, no, father of the bride speech. And he's like, oh no, I don't know how to write it. Don't worry, Steve, we won't get that far. Um, <sighs> then Steve tells Amy that Curtis has transferred this money. And she's like, why don't you check to see if it's actually there? So he gets worried because it's, you know, you can see it's left the account, but it hasn't actually got to the charity. And then Amy says, okay, dad, I've got level with you here. here. Curtis is actually a massive liar. And there's no doubt in my mind that this £100,000 has been half-inched by him and he is going to scarp her and never be seen again. Later on, Emma's got her dress on. Sean, where did Sean, Sean didn't get any kudos for this, even though he designed and made this. Oh, yeah, he did design I forgot about gown. That. And it's, um, how do would you describe it? It's like a plunge. Princessy. It's made of like a uh, sort of a, a see-through satiny kind of gauzy material with like little foldy bits around like the knee area and then a full length bit underneath it so it's got a kind of full skirty bit but goes down very very beautiful very very lovely she looked absolutely gorgeous um (laughs) she's she's at the hotel isn't she wondering where Stephen and amy are is it the hotel or is it the super secret wedding venue that's definitely not above no it was definitely supposed to be chariot square okay because that's where they all get married these days she's there waiting with Gemma. And she's like, where's everybody? Where's Steve? Where's where's Curtis? And Gemma's like, oh, I'll phone up Amy to, to find out. Then we get to see Blue Merrick returning. Yay! Ah, oh, this is the best thing ever this week. The registrar. She's been the registrar for... She's like 18, 20, 18 years yeah, 18 she's been years. registrar. How many... She's been... She's done loads of weddings and she's like our favourite. She, she was last seen marrying... Um, Gary and Maria. That's was right. That last year, that show was the show, show Us Your Rings wedding. So I, I never expected to come up again because she, it, it felt like she used to be a little bit more frequent. The thing is, since so. they've got a dedicated vicar in Billy, it seems like you would use him. But actually, all these heathens just get married in the hotel. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like I don't know who's in charge of this because lots of other things that happen that don't make any sense. But obviously having a vicar marry somebody in a hotel is beyond the pale and impossible. (laughs) And maybe somebody at the Church of England is like, look, yes, he can be on smack. Yes, he can be gay, but he's not going to be marrying anybody in an unholy, unsanctioned place. Bistros and hotels. Uh -uh. Church only. Only churches. (laughs) Even if it is a fake wedding. I was so happy to see her. She was wearing a beautiful dress and she looked absolutely cracking, didn't she? Looked, she? she looked like she'd let, let her hair down a bit. So I always, whenever I picture her, she's always got the tight ponytail she was, pulled I, I back. I think she's always wearing a suit in my mind yeah, as well. Yeah, she, she had a nice blue flowery dress. She beautiful. Anyway, um, she's trying to upstate the bride, obviously. <laughs> Meanwhile, Steve and Amy are in Emma's flat and they found Curtis's passport and they're starting to put two and two together to make five, thinking... Like we were supposed to, that Curtis has stolen the money, set himself up to to go on the lam um, with the cash, hasn't finished packing, <laughs> even though it's probably cutting it a bit fine, leaving all the evidence everywhere. Then Curtis turns up at the venue in his beautiful pink velour suit and the registrar's like, look, I know that not everyone's here, but I've got another booking after this and you've got to hurry up because I need to get, <laughs> That's I need to get in and out. That's a classic registrar line, isn't it? I said to you, I wonder how many times... Blue Merrick has had to say, I'm really sorry, but if we don't get, if you don't get married soon, you're going to have to rebook your slot because I've got another wedding. Like, she's a busy woman. <laughs> I know. Um, and she probably has to change her outfit to match the occasion in each for each one I have as well. to say, even though her dress was very nice, it didn't match because she was wearing blue. 
No, it was just it was vibrant. It was like a floral blue. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't you know straight laced and serious, was it? With the somber. No, but what I'm saying is like of Curtis and Emma. If if you knew it was pink, would you go? Oh, I'll wear pink. Or is that like <laughs> the bride only wears pink? Like now this is the honorary white of the occasion. You can't wear it. Look, Gemma, she's not called pink, Merrick. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's true. Um, Gemma was also wearing pink, and she was wearing um a sort of a, a kind of a a more fitted version of what Emma was wearing without the flouncy bits at the mm. bottom. Um, so they're like, oh no, what should we do? It looks like Tracy's going to have to give Emma away. And then she kind of insists on it, doesn't she? And uh, yeah, Gemma's Emma's, going, no, no, don't let Yeah, her. and Emma's like, oh, I guess I'll have to. Then she walks down the aisle to Iron Maiden, which I think they think is funnier than it actually was. Because this keeps coming up that Emma's dad liked... Iron Maiden or Death Metal or something. Yeah, I've mentioned this ma- many occasions. I don't know whether it's been many occasions, but it's been it's been. It enough feels like it's that enough it's like that you, you go, yeah, we know. You didn't make it up for this, but it felt almost like it was too infrequent a, a, a mentioning that lots of people would be going, uh, what, what, why, why? Are I just did. This? I just it just felt like it didn't like it wasn't like oh look at the juxtaposition. It was more like well this doesn't go in clearly any anyone would. Say. No, I, 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 I when, when she was walking down the aisle to that, I was like just thinking, no, I, I know what I know. It's her dad's favorite and everything, but it just seemed it seemed stupid. Sorry, I just wonder. I mean, I know Iron Maiden is a really famous band, but like, like I would have imagined, and they've done this before, and it's quite a funny joke, and it works when you do an acoustic version of somebody's song. Well, yeah, like when Stephen Karen got married and they had Wonderwall by a harpist, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, but I don't think you can do that with Iron Maiden. The thing is, I don't think anybody knows any Iron Maiden songs. I if didn't they had want a to harpist say that. playing it, I didn't want to say nobody that. nobody would have noticed. I wonder how much it would have cost to have got an opera singer in to like go, <laughs> I just think it could have been, I just thought it probably was better on paper. It was a massive miss for me. Okay. Um... She's walking down the aisle um, and Steve comes in shouting, stop. And it's followed by Craig. He's like, hey, guess what? We're actually above the police station, which is actually really handy. Psst, Curtis, you're under arrest. <laughs> they did have Coulson on, um, on, on Corey's advent calendar just today, actually. Was it today? Yes, was it, it was today. And he said, hello, everyone. I'm going to tell you a secret. And I was like, please, Colson, do the psst. Come here, come here. Tell you, tell you a secret. He obviously hates us, like I like my dream. Um, so he's he announces that this he's got to take him down the station about this missing charity money. Yeah, down to the station. It's just downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to take too much of your time. Um, everyone's aghast, obviously, apart from Emma, who's like, well, she she knows about the lies about being him bit not being sick, but she is very shocked to hear that he's also a thief. And she says, Curtis, tell me this is a mistake. And they have a little break. Um, oh, they have a pan around. That was quite good. Oh, that was, it was the like, post break, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, the camera just stood in the middle and uh, rotated and everyone was kind of nicely spaced out going, ooh, imagine, like that. Um, Curtis, then when the camera's finished, I think, he waits yeah. nicely and then he says, <laughs> oh, it's on me. Okay. I transferred the money, I, I swear. And at this stage, any normal person would be going, oh my God, where did it go then? <laughs> I know. I don't know where I put it because I definitely looked, did the numbers. Give me the thing again because I'm sure. Yeah. Or most people would have gone, 
No, I didn't transfer it because it was midnight and I was drunk and it's not even my problem. <laughs> I think I just think that Corey doesn't want to think about it too hard because don't think about it. We'd fall. Are you fall thinking about it? I am. Don't think about it. I mean, that, we said last week the whole thing about you can't transfer that much on an online bank account in one transaction using just somebody's account number in their pin, which is what Steve has given Curtis. The whole premise of being able to do it and, you know, setting up a charity fund with your own current account. The whole thing was, the whole notion was ridiculous. Nitpicking. Um, and then the way they explain it at the end, well, we'll get to that in a little bit, but oh, yeah, there, there was too much in this story that I, I just, I couldn't put to one side to, to fully go with it. So he's like, look, I did, I did transfer the, the money, but I did lie and I did not walk up three hills in a day. And I'm also not really sick, except I am sick in my head. I like the way he's completely latched onto this. I don't know if this is um if this is actually a real life symptom of factitious disorder, but he seems to be perfectly happy with going, yeah, maybe I'm not sick in my body, but I'm sick in my head. So I still need attention and love. So it works <laughs> both ways, doesn't it? Yeah. I think he's got I think he's got away with it now. Anyway, Craig's it's like, right, win, come with me. Steve says to Emma, it's for the best. She's obviously justifiably quite upset about this Tracy meanwhile is like trying to work out what the heck's going on and this is when Emma says he's got a condition um Audrey's Audrey was quite funny she had a great line um before Steve turned up when he was late and she said well everyone knows he's a stupid idiot (laughs) did she say that I can't remember that so she's there wiping her nose with the tissue. Probably can't see what the hell's going on. Nobody's helping her. Um, she ushers everyone away so that Emma can have a little cry in peace. With she does a lot. There's a lot of um, scenes of her like lounging around on the floor yeah. in various sad poses in her beautiful um, function Dress. room. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Craig they even had grass on the floor, didn't they? Fake grass. I thought this was fantastic. It was a but you can see why. If I, if I was Amy, I would be really annoyed at this point because this was my, yeah, university, my university tuition fund and they normally got married. Yeah. So, Craig interviews Curtis and Curtis is like, look, I've got, I've got factitious disorder. Just look it up or listen to the last episode of Conversation Street because they did the thing about it. She looked on Wikipedia, so, you know, she's legit. And Tra- Craig is like, look, I don't listen to that rubbish. Have you heard I, of... I've heard of a load of... Old... Um, what's that? I've, I've forgotten what that podcast Sofa Cinema is Club. You had a Sofa Cinema Club. That's awesome. I listen to Sofa they Cinema got Club because they're cool and, and they've got a set. Yeah. And they're famous. So he and listens to podcasts... And they've got a billboard. Without, with, about, by losers. <laughs> not me. So he says, I don't believe you. I think that you didn't transfer the money and you're a thief. So, meanwhile, Emma's on the throne with Steve and she says, I was going to... like having a poo. Have you ever seen those videos of um, those pictures of like these weird like setups in like nightclub bathrooms and stuff where there's like a cubicle with two toilets on yeah. it? I didn't know they were for father-daughter heart-to-heart <laughs> following a failed She's marriage. She's got actual Posh and Beck style wedding thrones, hasn't she? Now imagine, I mean, we don't know this, Michael. I know you're a Spice Girls fan, but I don't know if this has ever been revealed, whether they were actually toilets. I don't think they were. Bex's thrones. I, I, I don't think uh, Victoria needed them. She didn't really. No, you can't didn't really a, consume anything. Can't make did a joke. So um, he said, she says, um, I was going to tell you about the fact that he was a big fat liar, um, but if I'd said, you would have told me to leave him, and he was like, "Yep, it's a bad idea." 
takes her home. She sees the bags and the passport and she realises she's been the fool. And uh, it definitely can't be because he was going to surprise her on her honeymoon. Uh, Curtis then comes in and says, I've been let out. Please hear, please hear my please. So he, she confronts him says what about this and he says i've booked us a surprise honeymoon what? but i want to know what a twist how come he can't actually say where it was yeah did they actually say where they were gonna go i don't know i've bought you a non-specific honeymoon to location which is safe to travel to at this point in time to be ascertained i think that if i was curtis and i wanted to book emma a surprise honeymoon right now lego probably... land I'd go like Lapland probably. I'll probably go and take her to see Santa. I think she'd love that. Legoland. She'd go and see the Northern Lights. Go and stay in a nice hotel. I don't think you can leave. I don't really think it's a good idea to leave the country. So I'd take her to... um, I'd take her to Windsor Safari Park. (laughs) No. She'd be like, oh my God, look at the lions, all of them. (laughs) Oh, Curtis's best ever, Rad. Oh, look at all the... Look at all the... Tigers wearing little Santa hats. They were definitely going somewhere foreign because he had a passport. That's true. That is true. Why didn't he have Emma's passport out? And she hasn't changed her name yet, so... Yeah. Anyway. She's like, don't believe you because I would only want to go to three places this time of year. Windsor Safari Park, Lapland or Legoland and they're all closed. So, you're a liar. Then, Steve gets a phone call... (laughs) Who's it from? The charity. Hi, Steve. Yes. We're so grateful for that £100,000 you sent us. Thanks for that. What's that? It's come through. Oh, yeah, no problem. It just takes a while, you know, sometimes. £100,000. Bit suspicious. They said it was a technical fault, and that was the way the writers were just like, no more questions about this. It was just a bug. It was just this a was, glitch. I want, I want that. You know how like when you watch it on, um, I can't remember what channel it is or what time it is, but they do the hand, you know, the signing yeah. to, to interpret. I want instead of that, like every so often, Ian McLeod to just pop up and go, shut up nerds. <laughs> it was just how it goes. <laughs> yeah, that's us. Oh, come on. A technical fault. Michael, get over it. Just imagine. Just it's imagine Christmas. if this was real life. Just imagine if you transferred 100,000 pounds. Do you remember when we put the deposit yeah, down do. on our house earlier do, yeah. this year? And that yeah. was a lot less than 100,000 yeah. pounds. And we were absolutely bricking it. For, yep. I how couldn't how even, long did that take? I made you do a couple it. Of hours? I made you do it. I couldn't do it. And then this was like over the week. Well, it wasn't over the weekend. It was a, it was a day in Weatherfield world. There should be a scandal. This bank needs closing down. Who are you going to tell your local councillor? Yeah. Which one, Maria or Sally? <laughs> anyway, um, Emma comes in, but he doesn't tell her because he wants to prolong the the drama. Yeah. On Wednesday. It's the morning after. Tracy is still moaning about how awful Curtis is. What a, what a horrible man. Everyone's slagging him off. And Steve's there going, yeah, he's terrible. Yeah, he's such a thief. Oh, it's awful. Ooh, a um, liar. And Steve's like, oh, the police are definitely looking into uh, getting the money back. And they're pretty sure that it's just a technical fault. <laughs> <laughs> Emma goes and sits in Seb's well, She stands in Seb's garden and she lays her flowers on his little bench, um, which is really sweet. And she's moaning about men because I forgot, you know... There was a time when it was a love triangle between Seb, Alina and, and Emma. And she was like, oh, you know, you weren't that bad. Oh, sad you got kicked to death. When the whole thing with the giant check came through, Steve should have just said, I told I you, Emma. No, I know, but when it did, Emma should, Steve should have just said, I told you that the police were onto it. They got it. 
The Quick, police always, whenever you get something stolen off of you, the police always come with a comically large check <laughs> or photo of the thing that they're going to return. Yeah. The, their favourite thing, believe it or not, is to return lost cats because they can print a giant picture of a cat and people always say, oh, it's too big for my house. And they're like, don't worry, we'll take it back with us. And they've got a whole room downstairs. It's weird. It's a giant cat Just room. covered in giant checks with cats on them. I would get arrested just to have a chance to see that. Would you? <laughs> I don't think they'd put them in the cells. Anyway, um, Aggie comes. Aggie over, does a she? lot no, on Wednesday of her going. Oh, you! What's this? Are you sad about something? Can I help you? Can I be in this? Can I counsel you? Because apparently Toya is crap now, and she's become a customer service rep at Underworld <laughs> or something. Anyway, she's like, I was really sorry to hear about your wedding going. Put Emma says, I never want to see Curtis again. Aggie's also like, oh, and he was even able to convince me that he was going to be a doctor, which is worrying, Aggie. <laughs> really worrying because it literally took Emma saying one thing off a post-it note for him to admit you know to back out yeah. of the whole thing I'm starting to wonder if Aggie's even a nurse later oh, she, on she wasn't doing any boosters this week was she Aggie that's how, that's how I don't know if nurses not. do them or if it's yeah I don't know I, I, don't. I, I don't even know who did mine <laughs> You, Where did I get mine done? You went, you went to a pharmacy today. I went to a pharmacy today, so it was a pharmacist. But oh. I think it was probably nurses. I got the, done in the doctor's surgery before. Anyway. Um, photographer can, comes Photographer up, comes to Steve's house. From the, from the Mitochondrial Trust, uh, Society charity. And he says, here's the giant cheque. Thank you very much for giving us £100,000. It's a bit weird. If you give someone £100,000 and they come around your house with a cheque for £100,000, you're like, what are you going to... You get? We're going to just pass it backwards and forwards. <laughs> So he wants to take a photo of Steve looking happy, but he knows Emma's in the flat. Um, so he's like trying to hide him. Um, Emma comes walking down Rosamond Street. So, so he Steve like hide, quick, 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 come inside. inside. Then Curtis goes into the flat while Emma's there and he does that thing, the Love Actually scene with Kerry Knightley and the guy who fights zombies. Um, and he's like got the, the little things going. Sorry, I pretended I was sick, but I've got a condition or whatever. He just like it was a bit useless, really. It was like, I love you. I'm so sorry. I can explain. It didn't say yeah. much. It wasn't exactly poetry. I kind of liked the nod to Love Actually. Yeah, I think it had the same music that they had. They in did. The film it was well. yeah because he came to the door and he put on um, Silent Night, wasn't it? Yeah. Quiet singing Silent Night, and he's like, "Don't shut up, <laughs> Karen Knightley, shut up." I know it's weird because you're it's like creepy. you're like seventeen and I'm twenty five. <laughs> anyway, um. Yeah, she's like, shut up. I'm not interested in any of this. Um, apparently, Love Actually is their favourite film. I think she wants to recreate Home Alone with him, but he's not into being uh, hit in the face with an iron, so they have to compromise. Oh, I'd do it. I'd be Macaulay Culkin if I got a chance to do that to him. Boring he, sod. Shut up. He says, I definitely did not steal the money, and you can tell, because here's my bank account with no money in it. And she's like... Well, that doesn't prove anything. What are you talking about, you lunatic? It's You're insane. His bank account is it Steve's bank account you were showing them? No, she's she's he's saying if I had stolen the money, I'd oh, put it in my right. bank okay, account. Okay. And it's not there. That's right. Yeah, and she says well, you probably got other. Emma's like, don't be stupid. Accounts. I know you would have invested it in an ISA, or perhaps you would have bought some premium bonds. What lunatic would leave a hundred thousand pound in their current account when it's only guaranteed up to eighty thousand pounds? Steve. And then Curtis would be like, oh yeah, actually, I should probably move it. Um, he she says I don't want to do any, I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, you're, you're only trying to get me back. 
because you want to get to Steve Funds or something, something like that. Then McCurtis goes and cries on Maxine's bench. Emma watches him out the window and he kind of looks at her and stuff and it's weird, but she's not having it. Then, um, oh, that's when the giant check and yeah, some elves be- arrive. Before it one. was just the photographer, wasn't it? Yeah, the Steve's photographer. like, hide, hide, hide. Emma sees it because she comes out and the photographer's like, oh, he's a hero, isn't he? And she, who are you? And she says, I'm the daughter. And he's like, oh, she's like, oh, great. Come and stand in the photo. Um, isn't your dad amazing that he's raised a hundred thousand pounds? And Emma's there looking at Steve. He's going, ah, I told you, I told you it'd be fine in the end. Uh, awkward. Um, so she realizes something has happened. She storms into the house after they finish the photo shoot. Steve's behind her, saying, "I'm really sorry. I, I look, the money ended up here, but I only, I only just found out. Honestly, it's not my fault." So she tries to ring Curtis to apologize. But he, she can't get through to him, so she goes to look. Then Tracy finds out what Steve's done, and she's like, "Well, I th- probably, I think it's probably better in the long run because we don't really want Curtis in the family when he's a psychopath." And <laughs> you're in for one psychopath in his family, murderer, <laughs> exactly. me, Tracy Barlow. Yeah, she didn't want competition. She's right. This is this has done Emma a favour in the long run. We know that Curtis and Emma are not destined to be the next curry couple after Jack and Vera I or hope not. anyone else who's remembered with any kind of affection <sighs> Debbie sees Emma she says oh I've got a word I want a word with you your boyfriend's just handed his notice in um, and Emma's like oh gosh where is he I was looking for him and she says he's just gone, gone to the tram stop because on Coronation Street, when you leave, you do so immediately after handing your notice in to your boss with, you know, no... You don't need to serve any notice. No. And it's only Christmas. It's not like they're busy. And 95% of the time you do it by going to the tram stop as well. I don't know how people left Weatherfield before the tram stop. the back stop. of the taxi. It used to be back of the taxi, didn't it? Yeah. But he can't, she now can't, it's he the can't, tram stop. He can't get Steve to give him a lift anywhere. No. So, there you go. He could have got on the Weatherfield Wayfarer. Yeah. Bus, tram... Taxi. Do you reckon, do you reckon, actually, maybe this is co- part of Corey's green pledge to yeah, reduce yeah. the number of taxi exits in favour of <laughs> tram stop exits. So she goes back to number one to speak to Steve and she's really upset. Like, how could you do this? And he says, I wanted to protect you. Yeah, because she, she goes to the tram stop, doesn't she? But he's not there. Gone forever. 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 Steve tries to make her see that um, this is probably a good thing and that all the stuff that she thought she loved about him was a lie. And he, she fell in love with somebody who wasn't even real. Probably even got a fake beard. Exactly. And would she have even wanted to marry him so quickly if she hadn't thought he was dying? Um, she doesn't really want to hear all this. And she says, look, I know myself. I know what's best for me. But you lied just like Curtis did. And then she goes off to the flat and cries alone. Lots of Emma sobbing this week. Yeah. I think she's a shoo-in for the, um, the Weatherfield Waterworks Award at next year's Bobbins. I really think you're right. Um, well, I've, I've said what I thought about this story, Gemma. I thought it was very predictable on Monday and just a bit... Even... It still was. If, if, they're, not, if they're not reunited in some sickening Christmas um, makeup scene on, on, on Christmas Day, I, I'm going to be very surprised. Not disappointed because I don't really want them to get back together again because I don't think they're that engaging a couple at all. But, um, yeah, I think that's where it's going. Um, and, and I'm sad about it because I don't want Emma to be tied to this dullard. What do, what do you think? I do agree with you. The thing is, it really feels like there are certain things that just feel predictable after you've, not just watching a soap, but just watching fiction, fictional stories for a certain amount of time, 
like you say, you can predict where you think a story is going. And sometimes the story could be unpredictable, which is more fun to watch. But I feel like the unpredictable thing would just be Emma crying alone at Christmas, which isn't that fun to watch. You know what I mean? Like there's predictable and then there's off the wall and unsatisfying. So where are they, where are they going to go? I don't think it would be that nice if they did get married at Christmas. That's the thing. You keep saying, oh, I feel like they're going to actually get married at Christmas and it'll be sweet and everything. I don't think it will be because we all know that Emma, that Emma shouldn't be with Curtis because he's a liar. I, I, I think that Corey is trying to make us think, oh no, he's fine really. He was just, he's he's got a disorder. He's he, with, with Emma's help, he can get through this. I, I think we're supposed to like him. And the fact that Emma went, you know, went off to him and was like, oh, and, and the fact that they made Steve a liar as well. So just as bad as Curtis, but actually Curtis isn't so bad. I don't know. I, I think that we're supposed to be rooting for them. I think that it would have been much better. I was almost kind of hoping hoping and thinking maybe this would happen because it felt so, so predictable on Monday about where it was going. If at the end of the episode he had been, that's right, I've stolen your money, off I go, then that would have been the massive twist. But I know, it would have been, would have been made sense if he'd gone... Look, Emma, yeah, I took the money, but I need it because I'm sick. If we invest this £100,000 into trying to cure my factitious disorder, I can be cured forever and then I'll, I'll be, I won't be sick in my head anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just think it would have been cool if he'd have just done an actual runner. That's because you don't like him. But does any... Is, I, I'm, I'm surely not alone in this. He's just not that exciting character, is he? They haven't given him a lot to work with. I don't know. I don't know whether it's. But also, don't forget, it's... we actually don't know who he is. Same as Emma. Yeah, I know. I mean, he he could very well, you know, now this is all out in the open, develop a personality or like, and, bec- and be really you know, cool see and... the see the real Curtis. But I'm I'm not holding out much hope for that. And and the two of them being, Boo and what's the other one, Boo Bar and Bum Plays or whatever. It's just it's just <laughs> sickeningly soppy and and not that compelling a relationship at all. I don't know. I just, that's all there is to it, and I, and I hope that the, the fact the fact that now Tracy is don't joining is joining Steve and saying no, we need to stop this, or or Emma was right, or she she's you know she didn't realise how lucky she is. May, maybe gives me a slither of hope that this relationship is doomed. But I, I don't know. I, Michael, I, I think... if it makes you feel any better, I would like to remind you that. At the end of the day, all relationships on Coronation Street are ultimately doomed. Yeah, but I, I, I don't, I don't want them to be. I want there to be some decent, long-lasting, solid relationships, and not see another character that I like. I think I maybe used to like her more. Get saddled with somebody that's ultimately going to go nowhere, and he'll be probably out of the show in a few months or years. I will say another thing that I think I don't. They keep making Emma into a dramatic character who has sad things happen to her because Ali Mardell is a really great actress and she can handle those scenes really well. Um, and in the sense, are they just trying to make her a new Raquel? Because Raquel's really fondly remembered as being a very comedic um, comedy actress. But a lot of Raquel's real storylines were actually really sad and tragic and she had a really hard life. Yeah, I know. And... I think that when you look back, you know, if you look back on her with rose tinted glasses, you might have a different idea about what 
Raquel was actually about. So in in a sense, it's quite true to say that she is, a, you know, a Raquel 2.0. But I would, I think that some stories just don't suit certain characters. And I don't think Man Trouble suits Emma. No. But that's what they keep pushing on that character. Lots of people were rooting for Curly and Raquel as well, weren't they? As as disastrous as they actually were, and they weren't necessarily right for each other. It would other. be really lovely if she had somebody like that, you know. Mm. He just Curtis for me has always felt like an extra that's like been a brought in for a for a story, and 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 that's it. And, I don't know. Yeah, but wasn't Curly in the show before Raquel? Oh yeah, he was in the show for nearly so ten years before probably... Raquel. I think that that counts a lot for it actually. But anyway, we'll see whether I'm right in a few days' time, and I'm sure I'll be eating crow again because quite often I get irate about something that I think is going to happen on Coronation Street, and then it doesn't. So we will see, and then you can all write in and tell me stop getting mad about stuff that hasn't happened yet, Michael. But I'm just in one of those moods today. Let's talk oh my about. God. Let's talk about the Abby and Kelly and Nina and all that sort of storyline. Let's see what's been going on with them. So, starts off, remember, Abby's back from her honeymoon with Kevin. She gets called out to a call out on Monday. Um, she's still coming down from the whole excitement of the honeymoon and everything. But when she's gone, Tebby tells Kevin about Kelly living at number seven now. And she works at the barbers too. And you should really warn Abby before she finds out herself, our brother Kevin. So... Meanwhile, we've got Asha inviting Nina out to go and do some shopping, but she can't really with Roy away. Did they explain today how Nina was able to have a stall out on the market while Roy was away? Because she seems to be single-handedly... Nobody was looking after the shop. Was a uh, Bernie works there, actually, doesn't she, sometimes? So maybe Bernie was in the, at that point. Not... People keep saying, oh, I'm going to pop to the Christmas market and do some shopping. I can't wait to go back to the Christmas market. I love the Christmas market. There's so much to do and see. I'm going to go shopping for some bits for the Christmas market. Hey, do you want to go to the Christmas market later? Yeah, I would love to. I love the Christmas market. But as far as I can tell, they've got two mould wine stalls, a wreath stall, a stall that sells rolls, and... Not much else. Yeah. And also a Roy's stall. Well, actually, I don't really need to go... Oh, yeah. And I don't really need to go to that because the actual Roy's is literally five minutes away. And they definitely have a stall where you can buy tat for grace. Oh, yes. There was a tat stall, wasn't there? Baby tat. So, wreath, wine, Mechanical Jesuses. Mechanical Jesuses, rolls, and baby tat. They do like... They they are making out like it's... Oh, and an area for singing. Yeah. They they are kind of making out that, you know, the Arndale is likely to be going out of business any day soon because of how awesome this Christmas market is. Just imagine the the security guard standing at the the, the entrance of the shopping centre going... Did you open that? Am I, su- <laughs> I opened the, the doors, didn't I? Can you just check that door's unlocked? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, we're in a moany mood today. So, um, Faye also... It's she- not moaning, it's, it's being comically whatever. <laughs> okay, that's, that's my excuse for it. Faye also can't go with... Um, I'm very tired, I've had with my ...with Asha. Dad. Because she's got a driving lesson with Craig today. So we've got. Uh, I'm just wondering how long it's going to be before Faye runs into somebody. She nearly ran into um, Nina at one point. Today. No, she nearly ran into Asher later on in the episode, didn't she? Because this all ties into Asher, no, Nina, worrying that something awful is going to happen to Asher, just like it did to Craig. Well, I would like to say that I don't trust any teenage girls on the street in the car because it seems like whenever they get behind the wheel... One of them's either plotting to kill somebody or accidentally <laughs> running them over. Or, if they're not behind the wheel, they're in front of the car 
dodging out the way, yeah. crossing the road without looking. <laughs> yeah, so Ash nearly gets splattered today, but um, that, it's all fine because she was only going five miles an hour. Abby gets back from her call out later. Kevin wants to have a chat with her, but it's too late. She spies Kelly coming out of the cabin and goes, marches right over to her and says, oh, you, do one. What are you doing around here? Your fault my son's dead. Sling your hook, missus. And then she, uh, um, Kelly's like, fine, whatever, I'm going. And then Abby sees her letting herself into number seven and she is floored by this. She's mad at Kevin too for not mentioning before about Kelly and Kevin's like, oh, hang on a minute, I only just found this out myself. Um, actually, no, maybe I did see the Kelly and Nina hanging out just ever so slightly as we went off on our honeymoon. Yeah, sorry about that, but I didn't want to spoil it for you. I just need to quickly say something. I know that some people don't like Abby and there's definitely been criticism of her for not being able to forgive um, Kelly for killing her son. And I can... Being involved in the death of her son. Being involved in the death of her son. But I would just like to point out that this has only happened... Like, within months. Her son's dead. This is the first Christmas that she's had to spend without him. She does it. She still blames Kelly. And I, I blame Kelly. And I'm not even related to Seb. I think she's justified in having an opinion about whether Kelly was responsible. It's still arguable one way or the other. Because she didn't phone the ambulance. It's not a criminal matter. But it's still arguable about whether or not... You know, if you were doing a, a TV show and you're like, who was in the right? I don't think everyone would go, well, Kelly, obviously, I think she did nothing wrong. Mm. Really, honestly, no matter whether she suffered for it or not, it's none of Abby's concern. And the other thing... Abby doesn't want a permanent reminder yes, of, of her this, son's this death. Fla- flaunting That's down why the she street. trashed the garden. Yeah. The other thing is, Abby lives here. Kelly doesn't live here. She's just moved in because she has nowhere else to go. Or does she? Is it possible that she could live literally anywhere else? Mm. I think so. If, I don't she, think it's really fair. Hard I don't really think it's fair, whether you like Abby or not, to blame her for getting mad about seeing Kelly for like, you know, you can count on 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 both your hands the number of times she's seen Kelly since Seven's died. It's still going to be raw every mm. time she sees her. And her son really has only just died. It's not been that long. Yeah. And it was a horrific, sad and tragic death that Kelly was present for. Mm. And I don't care how sad and sorry she is about it. It doesn't, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. But you're right. There has been an awful lot of criticism um, even aimed if, at Abby online, hasn't it? Even there? if it was a car accident. Even if... Just, to, just forget the whole thing and imagine that your child was run over by somebody completely by accident in a car and then they moved across the road from you. And kept trying to say, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Would you want? Would you want to hear it after the, you know, the second or third time? And you've said, <coughs> "I'm not interested." Would you want to see them every day when it was like six months since your kid has died? No, you wouldn't, and you'd be totally justified. Nobody owes anybody anything. She doesn't owe her forgiveness. It's not Abby's responsibility, and I really don't think it's fair to expect her, especially considering that she is a very passionate. <laughs> an outspoken person at the best of times to completely ditch that part of her personality to just let Kelly, you know, do whatever she wants and be forgiven. Mm. Because really, Kelly is only asking for her forgiveness because she feels guilty. And that's a very understandable emotion, but nobody owes it to you and you don't get to keep asking and demanding forgiveness from the victim of a crime after you've already asked them more than once and they have said no. I just don't think it's fair. I I prefer Abby when she's 
you know, I, every time, and it hasn't happened many times, but when she does march over to Kelly and this is like having a go at her, it's, it's starting to get a little weary. I will agree me, with I've, that. I've got, she, I think Abby, Abby. Abby is one of these characters that really, really massively has to screw up for me to not like her because she was an absolute favourite of mine. So I can overlook certain things. And people are saying, oh, Abby's done a whole lot worse. She was holding a gun to Corey's head just a few months ago. She's she's done this, that and the other. And I totally, totally get that. But she, she's just, she's still one of my favourites. And I still think that she's a brilliant actress, brilliant character. Lots of fun, lots of vim, lots of life to her. And well, this um, is the thing, you can massive really... Massive asset to the show, so I will forgive her. You can enjoy sins. a character... And it's got nothing to do with whether you agree with their morals or not. In mm. fact, it's usually more interesting when you don't. And you can be drawn into somebody's logic and their thought processes. And it's compelling and interesting because the writers and the, and the actors have managed to convince you to go against almost all your best and um, impulses to sympathise with somebody who's so completely different from you. I couldn't be more different from Abby. I'm not very a very contra- confrontational person. I'm not an extra da- drug addict. I don't have a dead son and two children that live in Australia. <laughs> you know, I'm not a mechanic. I'm Tell not you practical. What, though, Gemma, you I do really like Christmas. I love Christmas. I don't like cows with bras on because it's <laughs> at- anatomically incorrect because cows don't have teats, they have udders. Um, and also, I'm not a heroine that runs into burning factories and buildings to save people. I no. just call the fire, the fire brigade. <laughs> so I don't have a lot in common with Abby, but I really do like her. Um, and I, but yeah, I totally agree with what people are saying. I don't think she's right to keep marching up to, to and confronting Kelly. But and with, I really, and Kelly is only what seventeen or so, so. She's a young, she's a young girl. You know, she's trying her hardest. Abby's nearly to get forty. By. I do get it, but at the same time, I think you've got to cut her some slack here. I think people are being really harsh, but the trouble is with corona- with soaps in general, time moves much faster and people get over things much quicker than they do in real life. In real life, you'd be expecting Abby to be in mourning for a year or more over mm. this. In real life, you would be. You would ne- Well, in real life, you'd never get over the death of your child, ever, ever, ever. So to, to expect her to be fine with it, you know, yeah. a few months down the line, I think is a bit of a big ask. <laughs> so Happy goes to the cafe later to have a go at Nina for, <laughs> yeah. for forgiving Kelly and inviting her into, not her home, but, you know, to, to the street to To live. not condemning her immediately. Yeah. Nina also tells her that she and Asher are an item again and Abby wishes her well, but she is admittedly pretty gutted about that skank Kelly staying at number seven still. Yeah. That skank. Nina says, look, i tell you what, the other week I was out, so you know, just out there, outside the Corrie Studios, where we all meet up after oh, yeah. and go to the Imperial War Museum together. Yeah. Well, Kelly had a beer poured over the top of her head and I saved her from that. So that kind of made me feel sympathetic for her and now we're, we're cool now. And Abby's like, I don't care about that, what a load of rubbish. Um, so, this, I, I'm so mad about this. And she says, well, Seb wouldn't want you angry like this if he was still here. So just think about that. And Abby says, well... He's not here, is he? So I'll be as angry as I like. I don't. I don't like this argument of people saying stuff like that. They I, wouldn't want you to be sad and upset. Like, do, really, really, honestly, do you know that for a fact? And also, it's irrelevant because the reason I'm sad and upset is because he's not here. So. Seb would want you to be cool about the fact that he's been murdered. 
So we just want you to enjoy the garden. Just want you to chill, yeah. So later on, Ardy's trying to stop Kelly from packing and leaving, saying, oh, you're not a bad person, blah, blah, blah. Uh, try talking to Abby one last time. So she does, she goes around number 13 with Ardy and um, basically gets slung out on her ear, doesn't she? Abby's like, don't want to know, sod off. Um, stay away from me, don't ever come around here again. So Asher goes, um, after after closing of the cafe, Asher goes around to see Nina. She's worried about her. Nina says about Abby coming over, feeling pretty stressed out. And um, Asher says, oh, maybe I'll come and stay over with you tonight. So, ha, 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 ha. So that's the end of that. Also that episode, and I, I've got this a bit separate in the notes because I thought this was a different storyline going on earlier, but we had the whole um, charade with Kelly becoming the... the Weatherfield's next best stylist because she was able to run a brush through Stu's unruly mop and have him looking pretty much the same as he was before we started but it's enough to make Maria hire Kelly on the spot and say you can be my apprentice because like everyone else now we all forgive you for everything that happened with Seb my um my behind the scenes um interpretation of what happened here was when they hired the actor they said right you're going to play a homeless guy. Can you grow your hair out, please? Because we don't think he'd be able to get to the hairdressers. Not many people have. It's COVID, etc., etc. Make your hair a bit longer to sort of demonstrate, you know, that you're you're out in the elements and finding it difficult to take care of yourself. And he says, brilliant. Okay, yeah, no problem. Grows his hair out. And then they say, right, okay, now we're going to do the scene where Kelly cuts your hair back and you get a short back and sides. And he's like, no. Nope. Love it like this. It's absolutely brilliant. I didn't realise how great I look with long hair. Have you not seen how great I look? Everyone on Twitter thinks I look amazing. So, no, you can cut an inch off. So, like, oh, great. Okay. <laughs> oh, you, you said that you should get a man bun, didn't you? Then um, They could have at least... Abby would have seen him and got a Seb flashback. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that guy that showed up at, outside um, that posh guy? That's Seb's hairstyle. Wah, 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 wah. What? No. The guy that showed up outside... Um, Oh yeah, the posh one with the man bun. And he was called yeah. like the something. one that the one that Shona cut the man bun off the top of. Yes. Yeah. That's probably why he didn't do it. Shona was going to help herself. <laughs> right. Wednesday then. Today's episode. Nina's still panicking. She's got to set up the stall at the market later. All she needs to do is put a table out with a sign that says "This way to the Royals Rolls." We can buy everything that we were going to sell here, but it's about three metres that way. Now you can drink it in the cold and your coffee will get cooler faster. Now you can have a roll and mulled wine at the same time. She was fine was about it when it? she and Shona were setting up a stall in the middle of the street just six months ago to block all the traffic off. To be fair, it was warmer then. That's true. <laughs> um, we also see some scenes of the Websters getting festive together. Um, Nina's wondering where Asher is. She hasn't turned up at the market. She starts panicking because these uh, these teenagers are crowding around the stall. And these are the teens that later go on to do some um, singing in the choir. Maybe that's why they were wearing their uniform. We were wondering about this because Manchester and Salford schools have definitely broken up for Christmas at this point. So we were wondering why they were going around in their uniforms and, and well, why many things about that part of the story. But yeah, Nina's, Nina's wondering where Asher is. Um, meanwhile, now this is a mystery of the week that I'm... Uh, slightly intrigued about Tyrone's um, been gathering together some of Seb's stuff from um, was it from the flat? Did Emma give it to him? I don't know why this didn't come out before, but maybe it was something that was all um, 
that came out when they were doing redecorating because Emma's flat's been magically redecorated by the uh, by the Christmas fairies this week. Hasn't I know it? it's really nice. Um, anyway, so Tyrone's got a box of stuff as Seb's, and um, there's a piece of paper in there that catches Kev's interest, and he, we see him later on um, in the episode showing it to Tyrone, and they're not telling us what it is, and he's like, Tyrone, you got don't tell anybody about this, but um, you just can't ignore it. Oh, himself. I think I've got an idea. Or tell tell me in a minute. Um, so Kevin goes back to number 13 Abby is totally Christmasified the whole place thanks to a sale at a discount shop there's there's a massive tree there's a there's a wreath with a pair of legs sticking out of it there's, there's a the, Santa there's the on the toilet oh yeah Santa on the toilet is everything lights all over the there's, place yeah lights all over the walls she and Jack are loving it Kevin says this is so great I don't even want to spend any more time looking at it now let's go to the bistro later I, feel I think like, it's going to give me an epileptic feel I feel like I'm sucking the goodness out of the room with my eyeballs Yeah, and I want to save some for Christmas let's go to the bistro for a treat can we go somewhere else for a treat Kevin no, no it's the bistro Speed dials burned down, you moron. We've got, we've got to go to... We've got no option. And and Nina's not serving at Roy's Rolls. We have to go to the bistro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There were a few funny lines for that part of this story, wasn't there? Doesn't Abby say to Debbie that Kevin's opened his wallet, his, his annual wallet opening or something? Yeah, I love that. That was really <laughs> Making, funny. Like, a massive tight wad. That was funny. Um, Asher finally turns up at Nina's stall. Apparently the Dev had her working overtime for an hour or something. Um, and then some kids come over and run away with a tip jar. No. Asha gives chase and Nina has another panic attack with all funny camera things and everything. Comes back later though, got the jar, Very all fine. Very pleased with herself. Yeah, but Nina's dead narky at her because um, she could have got herself hurt or beaten up or kicked to death like Seb was. And Asha's like, um, well, don't worry, everything's okay. Can I help you pack up now? And Nina's like, no, bugger off, go away. And also Carla's there. Car- yes, reason. Carla is there as well just to, to get her. Yep, yep, next. Uh, Webster's are in the bistro. Oh, yeah, this is where Kevin gets his mysterious phone call, which he says is from somebody who was um, disputing the cost of his getting his full Fiesta fixed or something. Well, and, I uh, didn't know that you could do that because the amount of times I've tried doing this and they're like, yeah. no, no, but anyway, it's not. Pounds. It's something about this mysterious letter. And Kevin says, tomorrow, if you're sure, well, I'll see you tomorrow then. So he's got something arranged Christmas related donkey. to this letter. Have to wait until next episode to find that one out. End of the episode, we have Carla in the cafe with Nina. Nina says, look, I think it's safer for Asher if she stays away from me. The attack on Seb was my fault. I don't want to be responsible for any more hurt and death and upset or anything. Carla says, no, it wasn't your fault. You're only about missus. And Nina says, right, that's it. You're out too, because it definitely was my fault, actually. So Carla goes, I don't know if you know this, Nina, but it's perfectly possible to wear black and not attract violence. I've done it for 20 years. Mm. <laughs> uh, although she has been in a, a number of violent um, scenes, hasn't she? Oh, no, yeah, that's true. Frank Foster. I want to quickly him? say something Tony as well. Gordon. Just going back to what I was saying about Abby and not give, forgiving Kelly. Mm. And then I think a lot of people would say that Nina has, so why can't Abby? But the point, the difference there is that actually N- Nina got to see Kelly very vulnerable and human and suffering and I don't think actually that Abby's seen that no Abby, she'd like to though. Abby hasn't seen <laughs> Kelly really suffer in a way that feels unjustifiable to her I think that if do you see what I'm saying I think that if it had been Abby walking around the corner from the Corrie Studios and seeing Kelly getting beer poured over she'd have probably just stood there and laughed Honestly. I think she would have helped her. I think she might have laughed to start with, but I think she would have realised. I think that she's... Her natural hero instincts she's would like, have kicked God in. damn it, I can't help myself. <laughs> Do you see what I mean, though? The difference between the two people is that um, 
I don't think Abby thinks that Kelly was punished enough, and I also don't think she's actually seen her as a human being. And well, Nina's the other attitude thing, towards Kelly before the before the beer incident is exactly Abby. the same as Abby's, yeah. And we are also don't forget seeing more of more of Kelly than both Nina and Abby have. Mm. Really, Abby has has no knowledge of 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 Kelly's Kelly or what she's done. Um, or bent what she's, she's been through, recently. or what you know, what happened to her. She she doesn't know, so it's more difficult to sympathise. And this is the thing that it's that's the bad thing about human beings is that if it's not in front of us, we and we can't we can't really conceive of it, and it's very easy to turn somebody into a non-human. Yeah, yeah. What are you thinking about the um all the panic attacks bit for Nina? Because I'm not particularly bothered about that. I don't. I'm not worried about her. No, I'm I, not like. Oh no, what will happen? I, I guess it's kind of natural story yeah. development after everything that's I think happened. She's got but PTSD. Yeah, so it seems like it, doesn't it? But I, I just loved the the cool, confidence Nina that came into the show a couple of years ago, and I just kind of wanted to go back they, to that. Really, it's Carla syndrome. It is. It's very. It's very Carla. She's going to be seeing um, Rana in in Haley's red coat before you know it. I'm trying to think. Like it does feel like they do this to strong women in this program. And in fiction in general, you know, here's a strong woman. What's the story? Well, let's take her down a peg or two and let's get some drama out of it. But she'll, she'll, burn, she'll get through it eventually. But, she, but Carla hasn't worry. though, has she? No. She's like, well, I, I can see here. I think Nina will that eventually. That burn too brightly and your candle gets snuffed out. So I'm just going <laughs> to dim a little bit. So tell me what you think about this. Uh, what's going on with Seb's note then? Well... It's obviously something that needs to be arranged in advance. Mm. It's obviously something that cannot be cancelled. It's obviously something that's important to Seb and Abby. And it's something that can be arranged to happen and arrive. Something's going to arrive. Yeah. I think the twins are coming back. That's That's what I was thinking. I think that maybe they're not in Australia anymore. The only thing... Because Abby but wasn't able is, to have any contact with. I with don't them. care because <laughs> I don't know these children. No, but uh, no, I'm just saying is that maybe why Seb knew, but Abby didn't, perhaps because he must have. Uh, it was the letter that Kevin pulled out of the box, correspondence between Seb and the twins, and she, he literally was legally not allowed to tell his mum that he'd been speaking with them. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it was, but um, she had the opportunity to say goodbye didn't she and then she just said she didn't want to then she said she did and then she missed out yeah so she she is she is allowed to see them then because she wouldn't have been allowed I, I mm, to have an opinion on whether she would or not I think that they kind of tweak the rules a little bit so well they're going to have to tweak the rules goodbye. otherwise they wouldn't be able to come back I think it'd be a very nice sweet Christmas reunion if we got to see the siblings at the end of this week I'd quite like that I don't want to get my hopes up about it but it feels like that's where it's going because um, I don't know what else would be that exciting and it because it's you know coming up to Christmas and everything I think it's going to be something absolutely lovely and adorable for Abby and I don't know what on earth could come even closer to to to, to, to getting that feeling than thinking having this, the little twins back I agree we will see won't we and maybe we'll be dis- disappointed maybe we won't maybe it will be a Christmas donkey maybe it will maybe who knows maybe he's back ordered something from Argos 
Maybe it's one of those flip top coffee tables that everyone's talking about. <laughs> yes, I found I found one. Wasn't there an art? There was an article in a paper as well. It was in the Manchester like, Evening News yeah, last week about uh, a flip top coffee them. table. It's amazing. When are we getting ours then? I don't know. Oh, gosh. I'm going to be going down Gary's furniture shop every day to see... Uh... Gary, got one of them? No, we do not. <laughs> we only have horse brasses and lamps. It's the Buzz Lightyear of 2021. Everybody wants one. Sarah Lou's coffee table. Uh, meanwhile, uh, all throughout January and February, people are flicking cups of coffee all over the place as they accidentally push down on the on the lid and it just flings <laughs> up. up. Next then, Gemma, Trucy Barlow. David is dressed up to go into school on Monday because it is the meeting to find out whether Max is going to be fired from school, which is a technical term. Max is like not really bothered. He thinks they've already decided not to take him back. And Sarah Lou comes round and says, hey, would you like to spend Christmas with the Barlows? Don't know why she's asking David. What, what preparations do you think David has done for Christmas Day? I don't know. Do you think he's ordered a turkey? Do you think he's planned his it's table not to setting? Do it, then. Gail's been organising, exactly. hasn't she? So why is he asking? Why is she asking David? If we haven't seen Gail, I'm very this offended week, about, on, about this. I find this whole you know, like you were moaning about bank transfers. Mm. I'm moaning about the idea that two separate families could, at the last minute, be cool with putting together their Christmas Day meals, even though they would have already booked everything and bought everything. <laughs> And planned everything. You can't just organise it in the last few days, can you? You shouldn't really be organising it on the week, but hey, maybe maybe they live fast and loose, loose those Barlow <laughs> They're certainly plants. loose. They are, yeah. Um, Sarah says, How, what do you think about it? And David's like, no. Not going to be pulling crackers with he Daniel says, Osborne, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, that's, that's a stupid idea. Daniel sees Daisy and he says, guess what? <laughs> oh gosh, this is another stupid thing. Guess I'm, what, Gemma, what? I've been put in charge of the school choir, and by that I mean I will stand near them. Because he wasn't in charge, was I'll he? I'll let my laptop be used for the uh, auto cue. At the end of the day, he wasn't... In he anything. had nothing to do with the no. choir at the end of the day. It was almost like it was a coincidence he was even there I know. when it happened. Anyway. But anyway, yeah, Mrs Crossell has said that this English teacher who's just started at the school, which presumably does have a music department is now in charge of the school choir. Utterly ridiculous. I just want to add would that I want to add a counter argument to you. We heard the choir today, didn't we? <laughs> and listen. They did sound listen, like they'd only just been cobbled together. I don't want to disparage any young people on their first steps in a very what could be a very glittering career in show business. Yeah, well they'll be on the X Factor next but summer. But I would suggest that none of them pursue anything to do with <laughs> singing because they couldn't of sound worse if they tried, I which know. I presume that's was that was the joke, but um maybe that is why he was in charge because they're like we don't need anyone with musical talents. Maybe they thought that he was like Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act Two, and he'd be able to just have I've the. I've often the... said I get the two confused. <laughs> so um Crawshaw later is having this meeting with Platts, and he said she says, "Look, Max hit a teacher. It's all there is to it, and he doesn't care." And he, like, thinks it's cool and funny. Sarah asks Adam to have a word with Daniel about the joint Christmas thing. And he's like, I can't go over there um, because... Oh, you can't come here because I've got to bake cakes. Um, oh, something... Oh, they're baking Sarah's cakes. baking cakes. But she can't do it because she's a woman. 
and women can't cook on Coronation Street. Daniel and Shona bump into each other. They start having a fight because they they hate each other. Then Shona gets a call from the school and they say they're not going to expel Max. Max is very happy. Sarah has Lydia around to, to bake the cakes, but they're having so much fun that they burn them. When Adam comes home, Lydia, Lydia acts awkward and leaves. So Daniel goes to the pub after school and tells David that he's the one that asked the no, school. Daisy. David. Daisy. That's <laughs> <laughs> David, he told. No, listen, it's definitely David. I remember the hair. Um, he's got a beautiful head of hair, that David, and very nice <laughs> eyelashes, and a thousand likes on Instagram. And a nice rack. <laughs> Um, don't he's he's the one that stopped the school from expelling Max, and then Daisy gets a phone call from Ashley, her boyfriend, who's booked them a nice meal, and Daniel's jealous. Wednesday, Max has got some work sent home from him, and he doesn't want to do it because it's the holidays. David's trying to tell him what to do, but then they decide to all go to the carol concert at the Christmas market first. Because who can be bothered? It's a hot, cool place to be in Weatherfield, isn't it? Who can be bothered to play on All that day, computer day game, Stinky? In the Christmas market. When you could be down down in mulled wine and listening to carols. Adam promises Sarah he's going to see if his family will do this Christmas thing. He's going to be doing some cajoling. Today's curry was about caroling and cajoling. Very nice. Mm. That's Sarah. My That's my episode title for this week. Good. Sarah. Um, Sees Daniel and's like, "Do you want to spend Christmas with everyone?" He's like, "Yeah, that'd be. I'd love to sit next to Max." And she goes, "Oh, good." And he says, "No, you lunatic. No, I don't want to sit next to Max. Actually, it's a stupid idea." And she's like, "Oh, I'm trying for a baby. Didn't mention that." The Platts arrive at the market. Max is stropping. Um, David and Shona leave him so they can go fudge hunting. He spies Daniel. But there are so many stalls here. This could be take That's us true. hours. We forgot about that. There's also a fudge stall. <laughs> Lots of flavours. He spies Daniel and he sees the laptop and he knows that there's the carol concert. So he goes over and he does a little bit of mischief. And Daisy sees him laughing to himself and she says to him, I hope you're happy with yourself because Daniel's the one who's fighting your case at school and got you, um, got you out of being expelled. And he's like, oops, I might have done a whoopsie do. Then the choir begin to sing Once in Royal David City and the lyrics are Once in Royal David City there was a pervy teacher man Daniel Osborne was his name Being pervy was his game or something Something like that It was a pretty poor effort from Max He hadn't even got this to right fair, rhyming scheme Come he on. had seconds to think of this The the choir only only know how to read off of a laptop and they're in, they're in on the joke. I know you said it's stupid, but they this obviously was, knew. Oh, they knew it was I'm a wind like, up. I'm on, my roll, I'm on a roll moaning, of moaning. But listen, today. they knew it was their kids. They thought it was funny. And they thought, let's do this for a laugh. Right. And they did. Hang on and the, the guy who's in... Daniel wasn't even in charge because he was standing the opposite side of the road. There was a man there who's like, I'm actually the choir master, if you don't mind. I, I think I'll do it. I think and that's he who that was supposed to be. Just and, and lets them do it. As they start singing, he's like, yes, once in Royal David City. And then they start singing the other lines and he's like... No, it's I've, a cattle shed. Nothing I have ever done in my life has prepared me for this moment. I'm just going to let them finish. Let them finish the verse. Right, so this is ridiculous. Daniel, no, the English teacher, has been put, put in charge of the school choir. It seems to be cobbled together from five or six horrible scrotes that can't hold a note between them. 
school choirs, surely, surely somewhere in Weddy High, Maybe. there are some children who can sing and actually want to sing and enjoy music and everything. No. These look just like they they grabbed five kids waiting at the bus stops as, as, <laughs> or, or, and said, right, you're, that's it, you're, it's punishment, you're singing in the choir. It's ridiculous. Usually, if you're in the choir, you're probably a little bit of a goody two-shoes, aren't you? A bit of a suck-up teacher's pet sort of person. So why they decided to have these horrible, nasty teenagers do it, I don't know. They, You're being Max very hadn't cruel prepared about them in advance. innocent young children. They, they're horrible. Max hadn't prepared them in advance about it. When the words came up, they just joined in singing it. They didn't like, oh, hang on a minute, what's going on here? Surely Michael, a school choir listen. should know the words to Once in Royal David City anyway. I don't even need an auto cue for it. I just found the whole thing utterly Michael, ridiculous and unbelievable. Stupid. No, it's not unbelievable. If I was in a choir and I'm a mischievous little kid, right, and everyone else does it, and I'm standing there and the lines come up and I can see it's a funny joke and everybody hates Mr. Osborne because he's a pervert. I'm going to sing Once in Royal David City stood a stood a lonely pervert man or whatever it is. <laughs> I'd sing it and I'd laugh as well. And then I'd probably get detention. But you probably wouldn't be in the choir. I just think that... Michael, I think I could be in that choir. <laughs> I didn't know. The reason I'm not in a choir, because I didn't know, you didn't have to be able to sing or read music. The, the barriers have been... You're just threatened because you're a musical person and so is your family. And you, you're so superior. You think you're so smart and clever because you can read music and you can play multiple instruments and you can sing in tune. You're always lording it over me because I can't sing, but I love music. So finally, the barriers have been lowered and you're threatened that your musical supremacy is going to be at an end. And it's been... What's the word? It's de- democratising music for everyone. All you have to be able to do is read dirty lyrics off of a laptop and I'm all for it I say more choirs that can't sing at Christmas that's stupid they weren't even dressed up as a proper choir they're they're all sitting there with their stupid puffy jackets I I just didn't get it I I didn't get what they were going for there it felt so it was a joke is what you you Mr. No Humour I'm sorry did not understand (laughs) what is joke I like a good joke so much as the next man. It this was funny. It. You're overthinking everything. It's my job. I'm a professional nitpicker. Everyone immediately knows that these golden lyrics could only have come from the local wordsmith. <laughs> it's not Daniel because he wouldn't have written it about himself, so it therefore must be Max. You know, yeah. at one point they were thinking it might be Summer because you know she's Oxbridge material, so perfectly capable of quickly composing a... Um, a set so of alternative lyrics. They should have had Summer in the choir and then she just joined in with it and then afterwards she says, oh, what if Oxford hear about me singing this about Has Daniel anyone got Oswald? a recording of it? Don't put it on Instagram. It might get a thousand Although, likes. Although, actually, Summer wouldn't be allowed to be in the choir, would she? Because she's not allowed anything to do with Daniel at the moment. Yeah, but Daniel didn't seem to have anything to do with it. I didn't get what his involvement was supposed to be. Maybe we just misheard it on Monday and he was literally... Wasn't they asked to do the said, choir. Have you got a laptop, said, Daniel? They because... said to me, don't be involved in the choir. And we hear that you have a laptop, so can we borrow it on Wednesday when there's a when there's a auto cue needed at the market? I we heard know. you know the lyrics to Once in Royal David City, and we've Googled it and we don't know, so can you write it down on your laptop? <laughs> Everyone knows it's Max. He said, sorry, I did it, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> And I tried to change it back when I found out that he was actually not evil. But um, David stopped me from doing it, so it's actually David's fault. And Daniel's like, oh, great, well, I'm a pervert forever now. <laughs> and it's like, well, if they've said it in the song. The cat fits. Yeah, they said it in the song, it must be true. 
Daisy goes up to the mic and she says, hello, everybody. I used to shag Daniel. He's a top bloke. He's not a pervert. Um, <laughs> he's not a sexual deviant. He's actually quite... He's really quite boring. Standard, actually. He Missionary made, as all. He made all. me turn the lights off and close my eyes. He still wears his socks. It, I was fully clothed. <laughs> Daniel's a top bloke. No truth to these rumours that he's a, he's a paedophile. Didn't even let me go on top. And everyone's like, what didn't, What do you mean paedophile? Nobody mentioned paedophile. And she's like, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And why would they? Because he's not. Um, and then she That's literally exactly what happened. drops the mic on the floor. She needs to take lessons from Audrey. Audrey did it better, yeah. Because she didn't know what she was doing. She just went, whoop. Um, Daniel says, thanks for that. I think that actually sealed the deal there. Yeah. Because I could see everybody at the at the thing going, you know what, this is fantastic. You can buy fudge, you can get a wreath, you can learn about the local pedos and who to avoid and who not to avoid. You can join the choir because <laughs> they're having open, open auditions. <laughs> um, then what happens? Because you've moved I've, it. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. She's, Daniel's like, great. Sarah calls an impromptu Barlow Platt gathering at the market, tries to make peace with everybody and says, I might be a mum soon. And everyone's like, congratulations. She says, no. <laughs> no that was stupid. No, no, no. I'm going to be shagging more so that I can be a mum. And everyone's like, ah. Uh, Too much this information, is why, Sarah, This is why you generally don't tell people that you're trying because what you really mean is we're going to be shagging on a schedule. And I don't know why anyone needs to know that unless they're round your house more often than you would like no, them to be. No, although I mean, David knew about it and he still walked in on them later on in the episode. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think he would be expecting them to do it in the office. <laughs> so everyone's like underwhelmed by this news. And so she drops off saying she doesn't know why she even bothers. Then later on, we find out what being in charge of the choir actually means. <laughs> yeah, packing away the music stands. Which weren't I don't even know why they had music stands there, because <laughs> are they, aren't they there for holding the, 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 the notes or the, 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 the lyrics? The, I think the props Which depart- there were none of. The props department knows more about what a choir does than anybody involved in, in filming and producing that scene. <laughs> so anyway, Max comes over and says, I'm really sorry about that. Um, I just wanted to get you back because you got me kicked out, nearly got me kicked out of school. And Daniel says, oh, you're a good kid, really. Your lyrics are crap, but I can't hold that against you. Yeah, we need to t- tell you something about rhyming structures. Um, let me write you a love you. poem. Yeah. <laughs> Let's draw a line under yeah, it. This is how a poem works. And then you write something about the thing, dodgy. I can't uh, think of it. I can't ad lib. No, sorry. There once George... was a young boy called Max who um, didn't know all of the facts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> about Summer and I. Um, or maybe even why. Um... <laughs> I can't. Um, something to do with rap. Ballows and. Us can't make packs. There we go. <laughs> didn't even write that in advance. No, I didn't, as you can tell. Um, so let's just just forget forget about it and start again. Forget about it. <laughs> I'm walking here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. the end of I think it's getting a bit late, isn't it, for us? Um, yeah, thank goodness we haven't got six episodes to talk about today. I've got booster fever. That's my excuse. Yeah. What's yours? Um, it's Wednesday. I spent two hours driving you to a vaccination centre and back today. Sorry. you couldn't get anywhere near here. David comes to the lawyer's office, sister's office, Michael, and interrupts Sarah and Adam on the shagging desk and says, the plats are okay with the barler get together on Christmas Day. Sarah's like, I don't know if this is a good idea after all. Also, 
uh, excuse me, David, I need to sit with my legs up the wall. <laughs> In the pub later, Daniel tells Peter, Max isn't all that bad. Peter says, here's a post that Daisy did about you. Why is Peter on Daisy's Instagram? No, no, somebody else showed it to him. Somebody showed it to Peter. And Why would Peter they think he'd Daniel. care? Look at this. It's your it's, it's like, your Uncle Pete, Uncle Daniel. No, nephew Daniel. Oh, I don't buddy know. It's like, it's, Peter, you must be bored out your head. You can't drink, can you? Do you want to look at Instagram with me? <laughs> That's my drugs. Um, yeah, so he's like, look at this. There's a picture that Daisy's posted of you and her together. It's got a thousand likes. And Daniel's like, well, if the internet thinks. Well, they didn't, she didn't even airbrush me out. Yeah. You've, your only notes about this whole thing were silly Carol stuff. <laughs> that obviously really got your go. It really did. Like, you're like... like of all the things that Coronation Street has done wrong this year, is it going to go down in your mind that they don't understand banking transfers and carol services? Yes. It's fine. It's just... Didn't got do to your research, Corrie. I'm one of those fans this week. <laughs> God's sake. Does Corrie even know what they're talking about? I think that I think that it's fine. We all know that things have to be changed. Not everything has to has got to be completely realistic. That's just how it goes. <sighs> Um, I think that that's the that's only it. note I made because I'm not particularly interested in in anything else that was going I'm, on here. Hooray, I'm excited. Max is back to school. Right, so I'm excited about where we're leading up to here with Christmas. I like the idea of the Barlows and the Platts at Christmas. It's got to be a fight. There's got to be arguments. There's got to be people double-crossing each other and, and there, weird, You're right, there's potential kind of for thing. a great script They better here. not mess this up because this is this could be... Re- this is a great scenario they've got lined up here. Really, really good idea. How many of them are there actually going to be? Because it's a, there's only a small lounge, isn't there? I don't know where they're going to have it. They um, might not even have I'm, it. I'm assuming at the Barlows. But I know, they, but they might hire someone They really out. can't fit more than four people around that table at and number I, one. I think it's quite telling that Ken and Gail haven't come up. Will yeah. they even be there? Oh, I hope, I hope Ken's I there. hope, if they're going to do it, they have to have all of them. Otherwise, there's no point doing it. Ken was it in all. it last week at Curtis's stag do, wasn't he? Although we didn't deign to turn up at the actual wedding. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Christmas Day, we're going to have Platts, Barlow's, some kind of comedy, Christmas dinner, mishaps. Yeah. Will they forget to turn the oven on? Will the turkey get burned and be dry? Um, is Sarah and Adam's ovulation alarm going to go off in the middle of uh, dinner yeah probably yeah or Audrey walk in on them in the bathroom be like oh goodness me Um, sorry I can't I didn't see anything I've got cataracts (laughs) 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 Stu will be homeless and then he'll be invited into somebody's Stu's going to have yeah Stu's going to be invited into will there be a very unconventional Christmas dinner at Roy's Rolls with Nina Asha Stu Kelly and all the waifs and strays don't know um, Abby's going to see the Abby's going to see the twins. Curtis is going to be reunited with Emma and they may well get married. Will Imran and Abby's affair come out? Oh, I don't know. It doesn't feel or will like it. will it be a New Year's it? Eve sort of a thing? Also, there's the whole Fizz and Tyrone thing because I was surprised yes. that the, the, today's episode didn't even ramp up to that because will Friday there... is when Phil's supposed to be whisking Fizz away and I assume he's not going to. Yeah. But that, that's going to kind of feel like... I, I don't know whether we will see me. And will we? Will will um will Tyrone try to steal a kiss under the mistletoe? And uh, what will? What I don't will think Fizz... there's going to be many stealing, much stealing involved. Well, we know that Fizz is going to be. Giving we know him that away. Tyrone has sort of decided in his head that he fancies Fizz now. Yeah. But what will Fizz do? I I I kind will of will she hope... be like no no. I kind of hope that 
when Phil comes on Friday to take Fizz away, he's like, I've bought my mum a ticket as well. I hope you're all right with that, Fizz. And maybe she's going to be like, or something's going to be like, she's saying, oh, or why don't you just take it. your mum instead of me or something like that. Well, I hope they're very I can, happy I, together. I can really only assume that that's going to be what's happening. Anyway, we will see. Listen, Michael, and, I don't know what everyone's got against Mimi. There's no law against being fabulous. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Otherwise, exactly. lock be... me up. <laughs> 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 um, I'm kind of glad that this week's episodes got out of the way because next, for the next podcast What's we're going to be ranking it not including this and I after the Wednesday after the Monday episode with the wedding I was thinking oh that was kind of standard it was it was a wedding so I can't give it too low a score it was massively predictable but maybe a three but then today's episode it just like like I wasn't bothered. I wasn't fussed about it. I was kind of interested, mildly intrigued, perhaps, at what's going on with Kevin and Seb's note. But all the stuff with the, the Carol concert and, uh, and and Nina and everything today, I, I wasn't particularly bothered by. It. So I'm going to have to go low again. I'm going to I'm no. going to give this um, two pervy teacher Are you no two me? and a half sorry two no. and a half pervy teacher men. Out of five, it just was a bit. Rare. I think it just you... went oh, fine. Whatever about this week's Corey. Is it because you're not at school and so you're focusing more on Coronation Street and suddenly seeing all the things? I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I think I I feel stress when I'm watching it sometimes. Like, if I don't like this, I'm going to sound like I'm only only get again on the podcast. And then that makes me not like it even more because I feel like I'm under pressure to enjoy it. But it was just, it was okay. It was okay this week, but it was no more than that. What? No. You can go higher if you want to. They had a choir. They had the best choir ever. The most you... inclusive choir. <laughs> um, I I thought it was good. I liked the I liked the wedding, I liked the revelations, I liked yeah, I thought I enjoyed it. Three and a half. Um pervy teacher. What did you say? I gave it two and a half pervy teacher, man. <laughs> well I'll see you one more. Um I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it three and a half anatomically incorrect cow bras. <laughs> uh, five. Okay, fine. Character of the week this week. Now, last week we gave it to Amy for being um, one of the only people well, for being for standing up against Emma and her ridiculous decision to still marry Curtis despite finding out that he's a massive liar. Uh, do we give it to Steve or Tracy this week for doing the same thing? I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think who else who else it could be this week. I'm going to give it to Emma because she had a great week and she. Acted her little socks off. Ali Mardell did a jolly good job this week. She looked beautiful this. in her wedding outfit. Um, I'm, the only thing I'm excited about if Curtis and Emma reconcile and have a redo that they might wear different outfits. I get to see something equally <laughs> as ridiculous <laughs> and fun. I want to know what happened to all the stuff after the wedding. Well, she put some like, of the Debbie just to left to clean it up. But there were massive... It looked like it was, um, they'd taken the set from the um, Munchkin Land with the massive flowers and stuff, weren't they? Or what's that one that they um, cancelled about cooking pies that you couldn't touch each other? Pushing daisies. Pushing daisies. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, do I give it to Emma this week? It's kind of, it was Emma's week, wasn't it, to be fair? But I don't know. Is it, she was just a bit... You know, yes, she's she's very loyal to Curtis in the end. And, she's and a silly lady. She, she was she was she a bit nice. of a silly moo. Um, I can't think. Oh, do I give it to Jenny Reese, our lovely registrar, for just turning up? I don't. Yeah, that's the character's name. But that is yeah fact. Um, mm, I don't know who 
I want to be character of the week this week. Nina, Asha, Faye, uh, Daisy for doing a mic drop in. Uh, I don't know. To give it to Curtis for being a top bloke after everything that's happened to him. To give it to to Gemma. To give it to. Uh, I don't know. I'll give it to Emma this week. Fine, whatever it can be, Emma. But you know, you're lucky, Emma, to get that off of me this week because um, didn't really agree with everything that you did this week. But it 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 was your week, so congratulations. Now I can stop being a moody git. Yes, you can. I hope I enjoy it more next week. Please let me enjoy Christmas episodes of Coronation Street on to end this year on a high. Please, please, Let's please, move please, on please. Then. Let's do some news. Okay, it's the news time. I'm going to be positive now. Ha 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 ha. Everything's going well, well because Coronation we can Street be can be because Coronation Street won the big soap quiz this year. Take that, Emma Dale, you massive losers. But. What? They tried to stitch him right They up. did. Oh my gosh. I was, you know, if you thought I was, I was mad during street tour today, you should have been in our lounge on Monday evening when this was going on because I, there was a moment there where I thought that Emmerdale were going to win for what, the fifth year in a row, is it? For some stupid cheating that they went on. Sue Cleaver and Tony Maudsley yes. were asked to place pictures of Steve, stick pictures of Steve on parts of the set that they thought he'd lived in. And they did that but some of them fell down and so they didn't get the points. It was stupid. And when Emmerdale did it, they had pictures and they had to put it on their set too. But they were wedging it behind stuff, putting it directly on the floor. Yes. There was there was a there was something else, I can't remember. There, there was a few points, places where coronations Oh, there was a <laughs> I'm kind of a massive rant again, I'm sorry. There was a there was a round in it called Stick the hitched or ditched, wasn't there? Yes. Where they got to see some clips of various Coronation Street weddings over the year, and the panel, which was this year made up of Jack P. Shepherd, Tanisha Gorey, and Jane Danson, reigning champions. No less, um, they had to say whether the weddings took went ahead or not. And there was one of them, which was Les and Stiller's six 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 wedding, the the thirty first of October two thousand and five wedding, um, where the where um, you know the status quo one and everything. And they said, yeah, they got married then. But they didn't get a point for that because actually the wedding was um, carried out by a phony priest and so it wasn't legally binding or something. That still counts to me as hitched. It it certainly wasn't ditched. It was more hitched than ditched, wasn't it? I think it was a trick, massive trick question. So I think that the Big Soap quiz were out to get Coronation Street. So congratulations to them for winning. It was a great little show. There was... um, there was a scene where they had a um, random guest actor from years ago show up and the uh, the panel had to say, which one of us, who, like, who were you? Which one of us worked with you? And they had the registrar who married Curtains, Nick and um, Leanne back in Scotland, wasn't there? So that was like over 20 years ago she appeared on Coronation Street and Jane Danson did recognise her, didn't she? Um, yeah, but she that's didn't, really... Imagine she, how awkward that would be if you didn't. I know. Well, she didn't recognise the guy who was that strange lechy guy who was uh, chatted up Leanne in a bar one time. No, um, that's so. So, but I, I didn't have a remembered. I didn't have a clue either of them were to be honest. That's like um, I don't I haven't I didn't see the Adele uh, concert things because I'm not interested. But you couldn't escape clips of it, mm. and there was a clip where 
I think it was Emma Thompson or somebody, because it was basically like, all my celebrity friends in the audience falling over how great Adele was. Just buy the CD. Anyway, um, she stands up and she goes, is there anyone in your life who you haven't seen for years and who was a great inspiration to you when you were a child? And she's like, funny you should ask me that, because actually, my teacher, when I was a kid, I think she's great. And then she goes, guess what? She's here tonight. And Adele's like crying, like looks genuinely shocked and stuff. I just can't believe that... What a massive coincidence. If you ask me, I probably wouldn't even remember. And What's the, this got the, to do with this? Because they, she remembered somebody or didn't remember somebody oh. that she'd worked with. Yes. Many years ago. Sorry. No, no, no. Fine. Sorry, I, I forgot what we were talking about. Um, well, what it else seems like I forgot program? we were recording a podcast. <laughs> oh, there was, the, there was a standard... Um, in, here's Do some we have trivia questions. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool. Uh, there were some standard trivia questions about what happened in Corrie this year, which co- the <laughs> Corrie team absolutely nailed yeah, because did. that was at the beginning. Tanisha and Jane proved themselves yeah, to be snap, quite snap, adept snap. teammates here. They did yeah. better than I was doing. I was like, I'm hanging a minute, let me just think. And Tanisha was like, Yeah, this, this, this. So well done to them. There was also a cool round where they had um, the guys from the isolation creations. They, well, they showed some pictures of them dressed up as various Corrie oh, characters from their from their videos that they've done. And if you haven't seen them on the internet, internet yet, go and check them out. They're the brilliant. The internet. Um, since those was like one of him dressed as Rita and I can't remember who else. So that was cool. Um, and then there was the final round, which they do every year, which Coronation Street always does really badly on, where um, Jack P. Shefford gets to see a variety of props or characters or locations or, or whatever. Or something. And he's got to describe them to the other two team members without, without mentioning the name of the thing. So there was like Nina's Veil, he had to say, and Kevin's Tash. And he was, you could tell he was panicking about this because... Once you get into a spiral of not... He kept passing, yeah. didn't he? Like he passed on Buzz of the Bee and there was a, there was a few others. And I, it didn't feel like he did too well on that. But then it was Emmerdale's go and they also didn't do so so great on it. And in it's the end, Corey beat them by two points. It's all very easy to think that you're good at it, but when you're on the spot, it's actually scary and difficult. Your brain goes completely empty. You could see just how much Jack wanted to be this. He would have been seriously peed off if they'd lost again. It was like, I'm quit, I'm not going to come back. I think Jack would have said if they hadn't won this. And the relief on his face when it was the the, the score was announced was brilliant. It It wasn't even, I don't even think he was happy. I think he was just like, thank God this torture. (laughs) I think you're right. I think you're right. Me not winning for the last four years is finally over. Yeah, but now you've got to keep up the winning streak jack yes can't let can't let them take it back next year one thing i still missed about this which we talked about i think beforehand between well, me and you is they used to do rounds where they went about in media city didn't yeah. they for various reasons like asking members of the public to ask answer a curry question or seeing how many f- f- uh, selfies you can get with members of the public or yeah. something and because of covid and everything they're still not been allowed and to they do also this the last used to do the thing where they bring somebody out and fill them up Oh yeah, well that, also, that was similar to the yeah. who's who's this. And they also did one year they did a parade of wedding dresses. Yeah, it's a great show. It's been going on for like eight, eight, nine years or so now. I think if it's like it's like a Christmas the highlight. And the other thing, right? Get us on for Listen, that. if you're a big soap quiz people, pass this on to them, please. Um, we don't need ten minutes at the beginning to explain who everyone is because we know. And if you don't know, you, do, oh, you yeah. don't care. Right, and number two, it needs to be two hours long, not one hour. It is. The programme's an hour and it feels like it's over far too quickly because it's got like three advert breaks in in between it, hasn't it? And you're right, the bit where they introduce 
and, and this week, this year on our panel, we've got so and so, and let's show a clip of when they were in the program twenty years That'd ago. That'd be fine if it was an hour long, but it's yeah, not. It's but, like forty minutes, and but, ten minutes of it is going. You were on Coronation Street, aren't you? They could very, very yes. easily make an hour and a half or two hours out of this program. I would it's love a real that. shame that they don't. If if you can like, if they've got three hours worth of big fat quiz of the year on Channel Four, surely this would this would could easily Just stretch fill it with out more for clips. longer. Yeah. Anyway, they, they do do nice compilation videos of his and cool stuff that's happened in Corrie and Emmerdale. I do love it. I really, really love. I mean, they don't even. Uh, there's not much that's great on Christmas, uh, you know, Christmas time TV no, these days compared now. to how it used to be. Even like Christmas Day is a bit pants these days, but that is always a constant source of enjoyment. But the last few years, it's been bittersweet because Emmerdale has swept the 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 board of. of no, that's not the right word. They've won. won. <laughs> <laughs> but not anymore. So congratulations, Team Corrie. Let's do a four-year streak. Long may it continue. Hooray! And um, if you like things about Coronation Street on TV, like the Big Fat Soap Quiz of the Year, then you might also enjoy, 3rd of January, a new episode of Coronation Street Soapy Slip-Ups. Yay! They did this last year. There's been two of these so far, I can't remember. This is This is the blooper reel show of Coronation Street where they have all the talking heads come on and say, oh, this is where I forgot my lines. They have the show, the set collapsing, people blubbing, uh, bluffing, no, flubbing their lines, people corpsing. It's brilliant. I love a good, um, good blooper. And and to have a whole half hour of correlation. One thing I say about this is that they do do a bit too much of talking heads. Like, say there's a scene where Alex Alex and walk through a, a doorway and she trips up. They'll be like, Alex and come on, go. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I was so I was so focused on my lines. And then what would you what would you believe? And then Simon Gregson cut to him. Oh, good. I couldn't believe it. I felt so bad for her, but it was so funny. Then we see the clip of Emma falling over. Then we cut back to Ali Mardell watching it going, I can't believe it. It's so funny. I, I fell over. Can you believe it? Cut to Simon Gregson. Oh, just laughing his head off. It's so funny. I felt really bad for her. Cut to Kate Ford. Oh, who hasn't fallen over? But it was really funny. Show the scene again of her falling over. Back to Ali Mardell. Stop showing it. It's so embarrassing, but it is really funny. Advert break. Yeah, they're, they're, it's obviously because Coronation Street actors are such um, professionals that there aren't actually very many bloopers. I don't, because they haven't got any time. No, it's like they're all terrified to, to you, make a mistake. If you fluff it up, yeah, you're like, Ian McLeod. You cost them us £10,000. Hurry up. Yeah. So who's going to be on it? Right. Well, the, the, um, the press release for this episode says, a brand new helping of the laugh out loud behind the scenes bloopers and outtakes from Coronation Street. Why is it bloopers and outtakes? What's the difference between It's new those? and improved. Um, stars Simon Gregson, Ben Price, Alexandra Mardell, Ian Bartholomew, Ooh. Jack P. Shepherd, Charlie DeMello, Sue Devaney and Daniel Brockenbank, Brockenbank fondly recall those moments when things didn't quite go to plan on the cobbles. Oh, what did Charlie do wrong? Oh, Ian Bartholomew. I can't I'm, believe I'm only it. assuming it's Charlie that made a mistake there. Maybe it was George Taylor and Charlie's just criticised And she it. refuses to go on air to discuss it. Yeah. She's too professional. Yeah. Um, Ian Bartholomew explaining that time that he accidentally did really cook Charlotte the chicken because he, <laughs> he read the script and he thought that that was... Yeah, his character direction I don't know whether it was Sue Devaney did one of her earrings drop off or something I turned my head and knocked myself out I wonder whether it's going to be about earring. like her in the freezer and uh, 
being too hot or something. I don't know. I um, can't even make it up. He, oh, Mike Laval kept farting in his, <laughs> in his, in his suit. And it would have been all right because they were silent, but his jacket kept puffing up. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be fantastic. Look out for that. 3rd of January. That's the day before I go back to school. So that'll be a nice don't even treat bring it up. before the Christmas holidays and what set your VCRs, everybody. It's a Monday. It's a, it's oh, a bank boring. holiday. It's a boring bank holiday. Mondays. It's going to be between the two episodes of Coronation Street, I assume. Um, which, and I think this is the last bit that we've got in our news this week, this is just a reminder, really, of what's going on Christmas schedule wise for Coronation Street over the next fortnight. So, we have got Christmas Eve, there's an 8.30 episode, we've just got half an hour on Christmas Eve to get you warmed up for the main events on Christmas Day, which is one hour between 8 and 9, and then Boxing Day, another half an hour. So we've got Friday, Saturday and Sunday Coronation Street. Now what's special about those three episodes, Gemma? That's right, they're going to be on the ITB hub, Ugh. 7 o'clock in the morning, which is actually loathe be it, um, no, I'll be loath. Loath be it. Um, I am loath to admit. Yes, that there we go. The boxing, the, the Christmas Eve episode, we might actually watch at seven o'clock in the morning because we'll be driving up to Coronation. No, driving up to Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> driving up to Coventry later on uh, Christmas Eve, so it's actually quite handy that we can episode. watch it. Um, I think we, we should go. do live reactions. Hmm? We should record. Um, uh, a live reaction every every day, 15 minutes. Do you think? Yeah, we won't do that. Anyway, so it's going to be very handy for us, but I'm not saying Coronation Street should keep on doing this because you know I am morally opposed to Coronation Street being I putting things on the ITV hub before they are shown in later in the evening. I think this is a big mistake because Coronation... Like, there is no event TV on at Christmas anymore apart from soaps. Yeah. What else is not there? Not even any Doctor Who. There's old crappy, like, there's crappy episodes of Mr. Mrs. Brown's kids, whether. No, they make a new one of those every year, though they're probably recycled. And then, well, it's the same jokes, isn't it? Yeah. And then, um, then you've got Call movies. the Midwife or something. Yeah, Call the Midwife. <laughs> Miranda Christmas special, I don't know what And then you've got James Bond films, probably, and that's it. Yeah. Oh, Harry Potter. Or oh, we're not allowed to watch Harry Potter anymore. But the soaps are like one of the things that sell or go on the front cover of like, you know, mm. soap magazines. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, why, why bury it when it's like the biggest, it's surely, maybe, maybe we don't understand properly and maybe everything has changed because everyone's watching Netflix. I, I wonder whether this is based on data from previous years and they've gone, actually our, our viewing figures for Christmas day, holiday episodes has gone down they, well, which they have they always used to be number one and um, they're, they're definitely beaten by the likes of well whatever comedy is on BBC One uh, it nowadays. doesn't matter but, but it, okay but it, does it's, it matter it's a massive linchpin bums on seats but event TV showing episode it. They're still going to show it. Yeah. So they're basically cannibalising their audience, aren't if, they? Yeah, I'm thinking, I don't know very much about what's going to happen on Christmas Day. I'm just making guesses. And yes, I have seen the front of the soap magazines and the characters that feature on them. But if you think about two Christmases ago, when you had Robert getting shot, yeah. Derek falling off the Helter Skelter, Shona in a box, Shona in a box I would have hated uh, uh, that... Adam and Sarah. Adam and getting Sarah getting engaged. Getting engaged yeah. I would have hated that being shown first thing in the morning on the ITV hub and we wouldn't have had the same live reactions on Twitter. Pfft. Anyway, anyway. Anyway, you know it doesn't really matter. So, Tell you what I do like. Um, 
Uh, on have you noticed now on youtube if you go they've got they've they've trialed this thing where when you watch a video you can have you know when you have a live they do live chats if it's a live stream Mm. thing now they're trialing this thing where when you watch something comments will come up as the person at the time that the person wrote the comment yeah so you can get a live interactive kind of community thing when you're watching a youtube video which you wouldn't ever get normally unless Mm. you're watching a live stream so is that something that coronation street or itv should look into integrating to offset some of the issues that they might face with lower social media engagement but then they'd have to build their own social media platform on itv which just seems like a bit of a big ask really yeah but what you were saying about it not being the number one watch thing I'm, i'm talking more about do the episodes the viewer count go down I do, probably. Because, well, you know, as long as the viewer count maintains, but if it starts to drop, there's a serious problem because if you've missed an episode, you're probably less likely to watch the next one. Mm. And, but, you know, they're all, they are always available on ITV player. What's the difference for a, for a casual viewer who's not going to make the effort to watch it on Christmas Day? Are they going to really want to watch it at seven o'clock in the morning because they think they might miss it later in the day? I would argue the sort of person who's watching it from seven o'clock in the morning is the sort of person who would definitely have watched it. So what's the benefit? I just, I really wish I could listen in on the conversations they've had. They're they're doing this for a reason. But they're doing it. They're they're not just doing. They're pretty much doing it for everything. And it's not just the soaps that are going on the ITV hub. They're basically saying you don't need to watch TV tonight. Play some games. Well, they're basically just saying we're not going to try to compete with streaming services Mm. because we can't. Yeah. So do what you want, Mm. you bastards. So anyway. (laughs) <laughs> Before I interrupted myself there with another rant about the ITV hub, next week's Coronation Street, we got Monday, it's on for an hour, but 9 till 10, so it's going to be some late night action there. Same on Tuesday, so hang on a minute, we got Friday, we got a Saturday, we got a Sunday, we got a Monday, we got a no. Tuesday. No. We don't have a Wednesday or a Thursday, but we got Friday, New Year's Eve, 8 until 9. One hour. And then it's not on all weekend. And then it's not on all... No, not on all weekend. No Friday, Saturday or Sunday, but it's going to be back on Monday the 3rd of January. So I'm kind of thinking that probably... That's too much, Coronation Street. I don't know when we're going to record our next podcast. We either do it either this time next week, Wednesday, Thursday, or we wait until after New Year. But we'll have that discussion later. I've had a worrying, troubling, sickening thought. What? There are two episodes on at nine o'clock here yeah, for an hour. Yeah. Are we going to be forced to watch Sarah and Adam conceive their child? <laughs> is that why I they're really doing it? I really don't want it? that. No, I don't <laughs> want to see it. I don't think so. Good, okay. Okay. All right. And that's the news this week, everybody. We're going to round this podcast off with a little bit of feedback. And we promise you it's not going to be all people saying how great the podcast is like it's been the next couple of weeks. But it should be. It should be, but it's not. So <laughs> here comes the feedback section. Right, feedback then, and we have definitely got a lot less feedback this week, Um, but before we get on to that, we will be doing our Facebook poll score. Gemma, last week I gave it two and a half. I know you did, I was You gave it three and a half. What did our Facebook group give it? 3.8. 3.8. 
They I'm hate sorry us. for everybody who listened to the podcast and didn't know what I, I was moaning about. To, they didn't listen to us, otherwise they would know that they're wrong. Well, some of these scores were put on the Facebook group before <laughs> the podcast even came out, because we were a bit late last week, weren't we? But I'm glad you enjoyed it, honestly I am. Judith gave it three and a half hearts, like a giant wad of sugary sparkle unicorn candy floss out of five. Oh yeah, I um, bet you can buy that down Harajuku. Rebecca gave it four Eileen Grinch shorts out of five. Excellent. And uh, Jonathan was my pick of the week, who gave it four images of stew on naked attraction out of five lovely i'm glad you all enjoyed it i hope you enjoyed this week as well um talking of rebecca she has um sent us her usual messages this week so this is what she thought about last week's curry i was also surprised that curtis admitted the truth i'm wondering if emma will find out that steve gave curtis a pin number and because of the lies so far decide she can't trust him no also with amy giving a bit more wise advice Elle was brilliant in Friday's episodes. Amy is such a perfect mix of Steve and Tracy. Although Curtis will have given the money to charity. Oh no, that was a question. (laughs) Although, will Curtis have given the money to charity? I can't see them getting married though. Like you said, Curtis still seems like a guest character. Even though Maria is driving me mad, I have a gut feeling that Rick Nealon's saga might rear its ugly head again as Maria is so... I've got no secrets. Sally's been for prison, so if she gets some scandal, it might cause her to drop out of the race. But yeah, so so's the others. So's Maria been to prison. That's what I'm saying, not Rebecca. Also, I want Sally to win too. I love her when she's in high and mighty mood. I also love the scene when she was discussing the plans about Beaver's Nook. Typical Sally. I thought the summer might go down a losing weight quickly route, ever since she kept seeing those pictures of Daisy on Instagram. I was more hoping it'd be her dialing down her insulin, as that does happen and would fit in with her diabetes. But throwing up also works as well. I'm also hoping... No, no it doesn't. Don't do it. It literally doesn't really... (laughs) I'm still hoping for a Daisy and Daniel reunion at Christmas too. But I have a feeling that this might be... No, this this might be put on the back burner. I was going to say this might be cataracts because I skipped a line there. (laughs) Might be put on the back burner until maybe after New Year. Poor Audrey having cataracts. But I was thinking it might have been something a bit more serious. I loved her scene with Max discussing maths. Sue and Paddy played off each other brilliantly. Rebecca, she could also have... The brain tumour and cataracts. Then Max tricked her so he could go online or something. I also agree about David. He's just annoying for me at the moment, which is a shame as I usually love him. My wish for 2022 is for David to get back to the character he was a few years ago. Yeah. I think... I think he kind of is, but he's just not being given the right storylines. He really needs to... He needs to be the proxy for the viewer, laughing at everybody. Yeah. And... And channel our thoughts on the proceedings instead he's almost too involved in his own storyline because he's he's having an opinion on max which the the viewer doesn't share and the viewer is not really used to disagreeing with david Mm. because when somebody's sarcastic and has a dark sense of humor and they and you also don't agree with them they're not funny they're just an asshole yeah this this story is all like Oh, look, David's getting a taste of his own medicine because he used to be a nasty, horrible teenage scrote and now he's being a father to one. Like, oh, Ooh, the yeah. irony. Yeah, it's mm, not that It's not that funny. exciting. Um, back to Rebecca. She laughed at the Barnard Castle line. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. I don't trust Mariam. I think she's up to something. Didn't have that story this week, did we? I felt so sorry for Stu when he mentioned cleaning and Yasmin ran out. He didn't know. I'm glad earlier cleaned it up, though. Cleared, Cleared it up. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what am I like? Um, I could still see him having Christmas dinner at the Nazir's though. And I still maintain he and Yasmin will start a relationship, but then he will die. 
He's still got that cough. Finally, I can foresee Finn being Adam's son, but the timeline doesn't fit. So maybe Adam will think um, he is his son for a bit of drama with Sarah, but in the end, he isn't. Maybe in the end, it turns out Adam can't have kids after all. I do like Lydia, though, but don't think she's going to stick around for long. I'm glad to see Abby back off honeymoon just in time for Christmas. Character of the week is Sally, and we'll give it four Eileen Grinch shores out of five. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Nancy says, Curtis became interesting this week after Emma found out about his condition. This is because after we saw Curtis through Emma's eyes, Curtis's condition will be hard to deal with in the long run. I feel that either Tracy, Emma or Curtis himself will stop this wedding from happening. Has Curtis Ooh. become interesting or has the story just become I interesting? Have, I think Nancy's onto something there. I think if Curtis had stopped the wedding from going forward, it would have been more interesting, wouldn't it? Mm. I was thinking Sally would beat Maria until I saw Sally get seduced by the development. <laughs> that sounds like a, a romance novel. It could, this could give Maria the edge. It'd be more interesting if another candidate came along and beats both of them. I find it interesting that Kelly seems to be doing fine without Imran and Toya. Kevin made sure that Abby didn't see Kelly. I can't wait till Abby finds out. What are Imran and Toya doing at the moment? What's Elsie doing at the moment? She's playing with a castle silently. Was that Elsie just brought in for a, like a, a little bit of drama around, oh, Kelly can't live here? It really literally is just so Kelly can't live with them because that's the obvious solution. Yeah. Um, she continues... I loved Sarah having a friend like Lydia. I'm sure we will be hearing about Sarah being pregnant in the near future. Adam's affairs with women remind me of Mike Baldwin. I give this week's episode three and a half tequila shots out of five. The character of the week is Amy. Amy needs her own story. Not pregnancy, though. I give a shout out to Emma. And thank you for another wonderful podcast. She says my insight's always a highlight. Yeah, she says Gemma's insight is always a highlight for me and I love Abby. Where's the love for Michael, Nancy? Yeah, my, I think no you've Michael forgotten mentioned. someone, actually. I love it when Michael goes on a rant about <laughs> the finer points of how to set up a musical choir for a Christmas market. Uh, my rants just aren't as funny as your rants, though, are they? I think I just sound like a grumpy old man. I'm like a Kev the Crank for rants and You don't bants. sound like a grumpy old man. You sound like an annoying little nerd. Yeah. You don't really. You're just passionate, aren't you? You are funny. I'm not going to have I'm this not, conversation. I'm not having this conversation at all. Oh, I just really want to enjoy it more. It's not been great recently. But... But, but, there has been a lot to love about Coronation Street this year, which we talked about on our latest Patreon episode, didn't yes. we? We did just record it. Yesterday we recorded it. Our top five moments of Coronation Street in 2022. And the moments that we picked, we all bloody loved. And there were lots number and lots of... Number one will shock you. <laughs> shock me, you're number one, actually. Yeah, I was not expecting that to be yep. your number one. Um, there were also lots of, mention- uh, of moments that we couldn't put in our top five. Um... My num- there my have been top some real five. great stuff this year. Here's but... my clickbait for my, my top five. Number one will shock you. Number five will infuriate you. My number five is going to infuriate people. Yeah, it will. It my... really will. <laughs> and, yeah, um... that's controversial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, maybe that will get some <laughs> new you, patrons signing up. If you up. want to find out, <laughs> um, join our Patreon patron at what level? Be straight here, here or above. And this month, all of our Money goes to our... Um, the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. Yes, which worked with Coronation Street on the Seb storyline. Yes. Now, we did have a new patron this week, didn't we? Lovely Giselle. We did. Thank you very much. She's been listening to the podcast much. for quite a few years now. Lovely she was Giselle. A, she's a big feeling fan. That's I remember right. back in the day. Nothing left so for feeling fans thank these Thank you very days. much for Giselle for signing up for that. Thank you very much. Um, um, you can find us it. at... Mm, I don't know. Patreon.com slash conversations probably yeah um we have our a website called 
conversationstreet.podbean.com is where you can go to find our podcast past episodes and lots of other lovely things there. Oh, this character. Um, I wonder if I could find out more about them. You can. You can go and look on the character profiles and see if we've done a character profile. We probably have because we've done pretty much everyone. You know what you should do? You should link the YouTube videos I on know there I too. should but I don't um, you can <laughs> you follow us on Twitter don't thank you very much if you have followed us on Twitter recently we've had a few new followers this week reviews on iTunes you can you can go to Facebook I think, can I just group. give a shout give a quick um, request here yes if you're a fan of the show and you think that we deserve a five star or some kind of thumbs up thing can you try to rate us on Spotify because we're unrated on Spotify and I didn't even realise that you could rate podcasts oh well you can apparently we've definitely got some spotify listeners as i discovered so recently. please could you oh if you go to rate so the only listeners of the show can rate it i listen to this crap what do you mean <laughs> you listen to us on spotify no i don't actually you need to listen to the show and then if you go to our little page that's got um the name of us and our little logo really big and you go to the three dots and you click on the three dots then it will come up you stop following don't click that and then share don't worry about that right now. But the middle one says rate show. And it'd be really nice if you could rate us because I think that might help. Yeah, might But do. I don't know what it does. One thing I will say that people have done recently, some of our YouTube videos have got some more likes. And I did put in a request for that last week, didn't I? I said if you're listening you on YouTube, so nice. click on the like button. And Thank it you very like much. Have. Thank don't you very forget much to for like and that. subscribe. Thank you. Yeah, like, subscribe and ring that bell. And uh, um, that is it. That is it for pre-Christmas. Everybody, please, I hope that you have a lovely Christmas. And if you are sad, you're not alone. Just put us on. We'll entertain you. Don't put this one on again, though, because it's a bit ranty. What's a really nice episode where we don't complain about anything? I don't think it exists yet. Yeah, just go back to, like, 2017, which is Corrie's best year for ages. We hope that there are some things to entertain you if you're cooking your Christmas dinner and you're a bit bored and the turkey's not cooking properly or whatever yeah or if you're sitting at the table and your grandma's annoying you just put your earpods in and have a listen and don't forget to to rate if you get any coronation street themed things for christmas please post pictures of them on social media and let us know because we like to see things like that and don't forget that our new book's coming out just in time for christmas 101 facts about podcasting that we learned with our cat. No, that's not true and at all. And that is published by HarperCollins. Not Collins. true at all. Our cat's and just come I and joined us. I hope that everybody has bought a copy for Christmas to Don't go lie, in the stocking. Stop lying. Right. Goodbye, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this one. Um, if not, oh well. Thanks for listening anyway. Hope <laughs> you enjoy the next one. We'll be back at some point in the future. Don't forget to vote in the Conversation Street Awards if you haven't done We're that yet. Because I'm going to be closing those voting, I don't know, at some point soon. You better soon. make your mind up. You better make your mind up soon. See you next week, everybody. Goodbye to Ra. Merry Farewell, Christmas. And the music for this Jingle episode bells, came from podcastthemes.com. I could be in a choir.